Boys and girls, thank you for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. Listen, you can go to Spotify right now and you can watch everything unfold. You don't, it's on the video portion is on Spotify and it's on YouTube. So either way, uh, we greatly appreciate it. Will we get kicked off Spotify as much as YouTube? I sure hope not. That'll be a good thing. That's good. That might be a good, good venue thing. for us. Uh, first up, we are brought to you by the great boss shot shells. It Home. Is- of the brand new number nines, the Stanfield nines. That's right, the Stanfield nines by Boss. Mm-hmm. Perfect for teal hunting, dove hunting, quail hunting, folks. Your it's, smaller birds. It's coming down the road where you're not going to be shooting lead no more at all. So you might as well jump on the train and get on the Stanfield nines. Also, turkey season is firing up all over the United States. You got Boss Tom out there. It is very, very wicked, and I tell you what. People loved it in Nashville. Yes, they the did. The turkey, they were buying them left and right. I didn't get to go, but that's what I heard. Yeah, so maybe next year you can come. Go check them out. They're direct to consumerbossshotshells.com, and you can order everything that you want. That simple. Also, we're brought to you by Mossberg. We shot that 940 all season long. Boy, I saw a couple of over-unders they had at their booth in Nashville. You're all about Mm-mm-mm. it. Nice, good-looking guns. Good thing about the 940 is everything is oversized, so your buttons and your and your uh, levers, you know, you're going to be, it's going to, it's a waterfowl gun. You're you can get a hold wearing of gloves. It might be fingers a little bit cold. Everything's oversized. Easy to operate in cold weather. Mossberg.com. Mossberg.com. We are also brought to you by none other than Pacific Calls. The guys up there at Pacific Calls have got a new line of turkey calls coming out. Kill Count is going to be out this week. Jeff's eating a peppermint. Sounds real good in the microphone. Um, Check them out. PacificCustomCalls.com. Listen, we got a promo code. BHP25 will save you 25% off of checkout. Whatever you get, whether it be waterfowl calls, turkey calls, doesn't matter. You can save 25% uh, PacificCustomCalls.com. Be looking for that kill count, though, because I'm very, very excited about it. We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. It's time for you to get skinny. Silhouettes are the way to go. Uh, Socks, silhouettes, Dive Bomb has changed the game whenever you look at the way you set out a decoy spread. Everything, you got to get the bag so everything packs up extra nice and neat. Uh, Dive Bomb, it's an investment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's much easier to have five or ten dozen dive bombs in your trailer than it is to monkey around with full bodies all season long. They look great. They're coming out with an all new line of fully flocked decoys. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Divebombindustries.com. It's not too late to start building that spread for next year. We are also brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. Mr. Alex Langbell spent a lifetime in the first responders game. He knows what you need to keep your four-legged hunting buddy safe. Field trauma kit, we got it in every vehicle out here. Stop bleeding, Keep get warmed up, cool off. Save a lot of lives. It can, so you never know when you're going to need that thing, so just have it on hand. Have one in your vehicle, have one in your hunting bag. They've also got the quick-release system. I put Lou in it every single day, tethers onto his collar, and then you just pull a little string whenever you're ready for him to go. No more dogs breaking. I hate when I see that on Instagram. Post People post these big rain outs and the dog's running out in the middle of it. Put that little fucker on the quick release system from Gun Dog Outdoors, and it might save his life. Also, we're brought to you by Shin Gear. They're not just a waiter company anymore. Bibs, well, vests, boots. Jackets. Jackets, everything. Everything. The best part about Shin Gear is every, they're, they're tailoring their stuff to be Completely waterproof. I wore their bibs all season long now that I can talk about it. Totally waterproof, totally windproof, 
hunted in a couple downpours, never got wet. Jacket, same way. Uh, they make a great product over there. And their waders are second to none. And they've got the guarantee that they will stand behind their product as long as you stand in them. So if you run into a problem, a little snag, a little burr, barbed wire, send them back, they'll fix them. Okay? Great customer service, which is lost in today's world. Jeff Jones is a great guy. Great guy, great customer service. Excellent customer service. Check them out, shingear.com. Lucky Duck. That's right. Saw Tim and Luke this last weekend in Nashville, and they have all kinds of new lines of stuff. They got a bunch of new stuff coming out. A great company. I'll tell you right now, if you put your dog in a dog kennel, it needs to be in a Lucky Duck dog kennel. That's the way Lou rides. Crash rated. Five-star crash test rated. Has a fan in there, don't got it? Got a fan in there for his little fat ass in September and October. Flat screen we're TV, hunting. watch Scooby-Doo. That's Doo. all that we need. It's got a nice little bed in there. Uh, people are varmint hunting right now. They've got an incredible sound system for, for varmints. And I tell you what, I want to shoot a raccoon. I saw... Uh, that raccoon hunting looks fun, don't it? It does look fun. You can do it with the Lucky Duck. Just got a little tail on there, and the little bastard will just come right up. Um, best day frames on the market, the Lucky Duck 2x4 blind, and the, still have the best uh, motion decoys. Spinners, they got swimmers, they got all sorts of stuff. So whatever you're needing, if you're needing to get motion into your spread, I would check out LuckyDuck.com. They're the best. We are also brought to you by the boys up at uh, the Looking Glass Podcast. Go to Patreon, type in Looking Glass Podcast. You donate to their account, and you will get their entire library of debauchery. Uh, tell you what, Logan and Rebel are some of the best human beings on earth, and they run a fantastic podcast. You need to go to Patreon right now and subscribe to their podcast. It will change your life. It will make those long drives uh, seem like minutes. So go check them out at the Looking Glass Podcast. We're also brought to you by the Hunt Proof app. Keep your hunts alive by writing them down. You will regret that when you get older if you don't. If I wish to, I, I'd give anything if I'd have had this from when I was younger to keep back all of my stuff I did. Just to keep track, the records, the hunts, the weather, what happened that day. Because, man, it just takes a little bit of reminder, and you can go back and relive all them things in your mind. You can post pictures to your entry, so not only do you have what you've written down, but if it's a special hunt and you've got a picture, you can attach it to the entry also. So uh, they're on to something over there at the Hunt Proof app, and you need to go set up an account right now. It's easy to find. Go to the App Store, whether you're iPhone, Android, whatever. Go to your App Store download the hunt proof app and start logging your hunt start logging your memories with your loved ones we're also brought to you by alpha outdoors specialties maker of the stanfield stool and from what i hear it's going to be really really nice and the blind caddy and the blind caddy they had them saw in that nashville. at nashville that's going to change the way that you sit in an a-frame keep your coffee shotgun shells keep it all out of the mud so be looking for that from alpha outdoor specialties we're also brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. It is not for the faint of heart. Bangtail embodies a select few who believe in hard work and relish in the opportunity to take a step back to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Whether relaxing for a midweek swallow or communing on the weekend with quality people, Bangtail is sure to provide a truly unique and tasteful experience time and time again. With deep southern roots, Bangtail provides a first-class handcrafted whiskey experience Pour a jigger of bangtail and enjoy. Must be 21 years or older. Brought to you by Dirty Duck. There you go. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. They got all kinds of new stuff. They have a copper wine glass. What? Bring one of them home for Michelle. She wanted one of those. 
They had some uh, copper coffee cups, mugs. They sold out of them before I could get one of them. And they got some really cool caps. Their, their swag is out of this world. Check out DirtyDuck.com. Coffee, they ship it all over the place. Had a guy from England message me yesterday and said, hey, will they send coffee to England? Uh, I need to call, contact Buck and find out if they do. But anyways, they will ship it anywhere and everywhere, and that's Dirty Duck. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. The way to go. And brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. We will have David on here on the podcast next couple weeks talk about Ducks, the event at Texas Motor Speedway in May. Uh, it's crazy that that's right around the corner yep. when you think about it. Skies are full. It's because of Ducks Unlimited. They have con- conservation. Hunters are the best conservationists. Ducks Unlimited is best, the best platform for conservation in America or in the world for that matter. So please go check out DU and look for a local event. Uh, also, we're brought to you by Double T British Kennels. If you are in the market for a new little hunting buddy this off season, I would highly recommend that you go check out Double T British Kennels. They've got fantastic dogs, whatever you're looking for. New puppy, started dog, finished dog. They've got it all. Double T British Kennels, and they've got a very, very good bloodline and cute little cute little guys. We hunted over two of his dogs this past uh, winter. Adam and Sam were two of the best, very, very well-mannered, and they were really good in the field. So Double T British Kennels is the way to go. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. We've got just maybe one. We can take on one more turkey hunter this year, one or two more. No, we're booked. We're booked. Never mind. That's gone. Uh, if you want to book for dove hunting. Yep. I've got the second weekend of dove season open September 8th. And then I can do a corporate, I can do two corporate groups during the week and one in September and one in October. I don't have the dates on me right now, but anyways, holler at us. If you're looking for a dove hunt, dove season's fixing enough to start filling in. Uh, most of it's filled in already, but I do have some dove hunting spots available. Just look us up at stanfieldhunting.com. Thank Thank y'all. God bless y'all and have a wonderful week. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we have Texas's own living legend, Mr. Wyman Menzer, and uh, he's in here. He has his new book, The Art of Predator Calling, A Portrait and Tradition, and uh, we look at some of the images in it, and we just talk about, you know, everyday life and old living, and Wyman's an interesting guy, and we hope that you enjoy this episode. Here he is, Wyman Menzer, and you can check out his new book. You can go get it, wymanmenzer.com, and then just go to the official store, and it's right there waiting for you. Here he is, Wyman Menzer. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Mossberg. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. We're rolling. We're rolling. Today's the day. What? Today will be history in the United States of America. Yes, it will. If you look back on this day 100 years from now, if they arrest Donald Trump today, will we either be the beginning of the end for our country or it will be the beginning of us taking back our country? That's correct. 
Now, when you say uh, arrest him, do you mean like slap cuffs on him or like any? How do you arrest him? They arrest him. Yeah. I don't give a shit if they do it over the phone. If you arrest Donald J. Trump for a misdemeanor and charge him in the felony from a DA in the liberal shithole of New York City that's given everybody that's a felon and putting them out on the road of misdemeanors, you mm-hmm. are setting a precedence in our country that the Democratic Party controls the media, controls the Department of Justice, controls the FBI, the CIA. It's already come out now that the CIA killed John F. Kennedy in the 60s, and they have not done nothing about it. It's just Media acceptable. didn't even touch it. Nope. It's, it's unbelievable. And with it's us today, the world-famous, <laughs> the West Texas legend, Wyman Menzer. <laughs> Good to be here, guys. Thank you. Um, what do you think about what's going on in the world? Oh, I think it's terrible. I, I think I think that, like you say, it's it's going to be a transitional time. It's it's we've not seen anything like this since what, you know, like someone said on you last night, Washington crossed the Delaware, Delaware. or whatever, and uh, and and it's gonna something's gonna have to change. Uh, I I remarked to my wife this morning, I said, this is no different than Stalinism, Nazism. Whenever you take one person and single them out and find something just because you don't like them, find something to, uh, to try to, you know, uh, you know, arrest them on, um, that's, that's Nazism, Stalinism right there. How how about this? If Donald Trump would have served two terms. Because mm-hmm. we all know what happened in the second election. Mm-hmm. That's what gets me. Oh, people sure. are like, well, sure. we got to run somebody else. Why? He done exactly sure. what he was supposed to do the exactly. second time. Exactly. You know, he's the man. But if he would have finished his second term, they wouldn't be doing this right now. No. It's all about no. trying to keep him not being able they to run because they're they, scared they, to they're death scared, of him. They are as scared of him as a, as, a, as a cobra in a closet, being locked up with yep. a cobra in a closet. And I and it's and it blows my mind because he has done so much for America. And in his four years— he did more for America than any president in the past, as yep. far as I'm concerned. Ever, and and they hate him, and I don't understand that. I I can't wrap my mind around money it. because he's an outsider. It's because they they had it to where you had to come up a certain way. If you're ever going to be president of the United States, you've uh-huh. got to follow these rules. And right. he blew that to shit. Yep. And he said, "No, I don't have to do that. I don't have to be polished mm-hmm. and and pampered and, and have he this didn't nice take, button up." Answer. He didn't take money from right. the. You know, from the back back no. side, everything yeah. they, they accuse him of is what they're doing. That's exactly well, right. Well, it's everything that the Bidens mm-hmm. now it's come out that China has given the yes. Bidens millions of dollars, and that's what gets me. China, it. I mean Biden in China, and Hillary Clinton, what she pulled, <clears throat> and that's all. It's just been you know swept under the rug, but yet they pull this one little stunt, trying to pull this one stunt on on uh, Trump, and I'm going, my God, what have we turned to? We uh. If you look at the history of just the recent history, let's say from 1970 on, Mm -hmm. we had Watergate. Mm -hmm. Richard Nixon was the most popular president this country's ever had when it came to winning by a highest percentage, even more than uh, Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. And he was was very, very popular. Mm -hmm. He won. The FBI, they were all the ones at Watergate doing all that shit. So they they ran Richard Nixon out of office. Same type of same situation. They put in Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford was a war machine guy. Mm-hmm. He was part of the CIA and her stuff. Then they come in. The worst president we ever had is probably the best person we ever had, which is Jimmy Carter. Sure. He's a good sure. man. He's, He's a good just, man. He was a horrible president. He was a terrible president. Terrible. So we got rid of him, and we come up with Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. who was not part of the establishment, but he was. He kind of was, but he really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then we replaced him with a CIA director, George Bush. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, 
our presidency until Donald Trump was bought and paid by the deep deep state. I vote. I voted for both Bushes, and I'm embarrassed that I did because they're just as deep inside. There is no difference between voting for Ron DeSantis, I think, than it would be voting for Jeb Bush. I think you're getting the same person. And I like DeSantis as a governor. I I think he's done a good job, but I don't think I think he's part of the deep state also. God, I hope not. I hope you're wrong, but I I don't know. I don't know. I've, I haven't drawn any conclusions on that yet. Well, Jeb Bush did come up and endorse him yeah, real fast. Jeb, Jeb Bush? Whoa, I didn't know oh, Jeb yeah. Bush endorsed him. Oh, yeah, just whoa. the other day. And to me, that's just another part of that. Wow. It's that machine. But Dang. I got a – so Richard Nixon won 93.4%. Ronald Reagan beat Walter Mondale by 95%. Okay, well, then I was off so was by 1.6%. Okay. It was close. But Ronald Reagan is the most popular. Yeah. Well, he won all 50 states, I think, except maybe yeah. Hawaii even. No, he didn't win Minnesota because that's where Walter Mondale was from. Okay. Where were uh, you at when uh, Kennedy was assassinated? Remember I remember exactly where I was in the gymnasium. Um, I was, uh, let's see, that was November of what, 60, 63? 63, so I was 12 years, no, 13 years old. And I remember the coach, uh, Coach Johnny Tom Hudson, Called everybody onto the stage and said, "I want y'all to sit down and have an announcement." And Is that said, Danny Mac's brother? Yes, and he was he was a coach and he's retired uh, as a superintendent now over in East Texas. And he said, uh, uh, "President Kennedy's been shot," and I mean everybody kind of went, "Wow!" I mean it kind of blew everybody's mind, even as a child. Because it was the last president to be assassinated, wasn't it Lincoln? Like there wasn't. Uh, was there any in the 1900s? No, wasn't there wasn't another one shot? Was Grover some killed? One of Grover, one of the I other think, ones were killed. I think another one was was was, shot. was killed by in his his right. vice president set him up, kind of like John F. Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. What's crazy yeah. is uh, I remember 9/11, and I was in the eighth grade, and they same same type thing. They rolled that you know they used to have the TV on the wheels and uh-huh. they roll it in there. But uh, I was in history class of all classes, and uh, Pat Reisinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Ron cuts. He's the Anyway, he pulled down the old map, and I don't even know if they have those in classrooms now, and he said, uh, the World Trade Centers have, we've been attacked. We're under attack, basically, is what he Mm -hmm. said. And I think he pulled out this old long stick, and he said, we're pretty sure it's these countries right here, and it's countries, you know, you never heard about Iraq or Iran when you were in eighth grade. Yeah. And then the rest of the day, like, all classes would go to, like, two or three rooms, and we would watch everything on loop. Yeah. But, and I can remember, like, just... You, you you can tell when adults are kind of panicking, mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. a little bit of the vibe whenever yeah. he kind of pulled that old map down and was like, all right. I remember I was in an advisory board at Tech, an advisory board meeting, an annual meeting, and, and the the uh, uh, the dean walked out, and uh, or, I, or whoever was, uh, was the uh, leader that day and walked out and he come back in a few minutes and said, I have an announcement to make, and told us, and I went, whoa, we got an issue now. We got a real problem now. I was at the house. Michelle and Missy had went to get junior high concession stand stuff. Oh, the days of being young. Mm-hmm. And um, I got up. I was fixed to come to the lodge like I do every morning. I turn the news on, and I'm watching the news, and I'm on the computer, and I'm, I'm reading the Yahoo. And they used to have local, and I would read the local stuff to see what's happening mm-hmm. in Wichita Falls every day. And I looked at the local, and it said, plane crashes into World Trade Center. I'm thinking a little Cessna or something. I'm yeah, waiting, and yeah. the TV's on, but I got the sound down. And I'm trying to look in, and I see a plane run into it. And I'm like, what the hell? And it was the loop. And then they're showing live this one, and then another plane hits the other building. I'm like, yeah. this ain't fucking, yeah, this is bad. Got, then got. I turned the sound up about time, and then I called Michelle, and I was like, listen. And she's like, oh, my God, it's on the radio. She goes, 
you think we should come home? I was like, well, ain't gonna do no good to come home. There ain't nothing to do here. Yeah. yeah. But I'll, I'll, that's, you know, that's the day. That's my John F. Kennedy because three days I'll remember the rest of my life. April 10th, 1979 is the tornado in Wichita right. Falls. Never forget that. The day the space uh, shuttle, the Challenger, whichever yep, one of them yep. blew up, I remember that. I remember that. Where I was on that one, too, and, right there in Knox City by <laughs> the Lewis's Body Shop. Yeah. And, and 9-11. And th- th- those are the three days in yeah. my life that yeah. I remember the most. And I think I'll remember the day Trump got elected. It'll be the next one because yeah. I'll never forget that night and how happy I was and thinking we're finally getting our country back. Yep. And then today... I don't today. know. I don't know if today will be a day that we'll remember forever. The day, but I think what happens today exactly. is going to affect us long term, exactly. one way or the other. Exactly. Our, we've got the what, 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 This is one of the things I see as a problem in our country. The media control is controlled by the mm-hmm. deep state. Mm-hmm. Most social media platforms, other than Twitter, now are controlled by the deep state. Mm-hmm. So they 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 keep what me and you with the stuff that we read that interests us. They keep off because it's something that they don't like that. Right. And they, and they flood it with negative stuff about things that we like, and that's right. constant all the time. Well, the problem is is Aunt Ned and Uncle Sally that live in Des Moines, Iowa, that don't mm-hmm. do nothing but watch The View, ABC mm-hmm. News, World Nightly News, and their local news in Des Moines or wherever they're at in America. Right. Those people are in their mind. Everything they want them to, they have brainwashed these people. Yep, yep. And they go to yep. Thanksgiving, and then the, their nephew's like, "Well, what do you think about how they're doing Trump? Well, he he's a horrible man. He yeah. did this. No, he's not. Isn't you're that amazing. You're, but but it's they appalling. don't they don't know any better. I know, I know. I was I was encouraged last night whenever the uh, one of the, uh, the the Fox News persons was in New York and was asking all those uh, kids at St. Patrick's Day, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, you know, Biden, out, get out, get out, get oh, out. If you travel a lot, and we travel a lot, mm-hmm. I talk to people. I, I love to visit, whether mm-hmm. I'm in an airport, a men's room, it don't matter where I'm at, I talk yeah. to people. Yeah. And I cannot find anybody that thinks what's going on in this world is good. I've yet to meet, I met well, one anybody person. Anybody in the right mind would just knows that it's not good. I mean, this is, it's it, we're in, we are upside down. We have, We are scraping the bottom. For America, we have hit rock. You know, a couple of years ago, I said one of these days it's going to take hit rock bottom to really turn things around. We're at rock bottom. Yep, I'm one for nine thousand four hundred seventy-four. I met a lady in Mexico of all places that worked for the Homeland Security, and she said, "Oh, we're going to get everything fixed from what the last administration did." You mean when it worked? You know, so basically, you're going to unfuck up y'all's fuck up. She said that. Yes, she told me that. She was an army veteran, twenty years army veteran. She's a black lady, and she was a Democrat, card carrying Democrat. Love Joe Biden. Good she works for Homeland Security. Gracious. And I said, "Ma'am, you've done your duty. I appreciate you serving for our country." I said, "We're just going to have to agree to disagree." What'd she say? She agreed with me on that. But we t- we had some talking points that we all agreed on. I'm thinking, well, that's just that. But when she told me that, oh, don't worry about the border. We're going to get that under control. It's just so messed up from the last administration. What, what do you mean? We're going to have the more last border. administration. <laughs> I said, there was no problems down there in the last administration. We didn't have that. Fentanyl deaths have increased by a thousand percent. That see, that just blows my mind. That that we know fentanyl is coming across the border. We know that for a fact. And and the the Democrats are doing nothing, nothing to stop. They're it. They're killing their own. Yeah, that's what's crazy. Oh, I saw, yeah. Have you seen the new drug they've got now? They mix fentanyl. fentanyl. Oh yeah, no, no, they mix fentanyl with some kind of stimulant, and kids are taking it now. It's a new cocktail, and they're dropping dead left and right. Well, I know that one. I uh, saw him interview one lady the other night that lost a son, who just needed a little Xanax, and he bought it off the street, and it had fentanyl yeah. in it and killed him. Yep, we had. Uh, 
what what's his official title from Wichita Falls? The prosecuting attorney. He's the prosecuting the, uh, attorney for all this, and he said it's not the prosecuting attorney. He's the um, he works in investigative investigating DA. Right, but he said so. What happens is they just they just dump fentanyl in the when they make these pills. So like a pill that you take might be 75% fentanyl Mm -hmm. and a pill that I take might be 1% fentanyl. Mm -hmm. So there's no regulations. And that's what kids are doing. It just takes one pill and you're a goner because they're, they're, they're not, they don't, you know, it's just, let's just dump fentanyl in this and let's pop it in the pill press and put a, put a Xanax stamp on it and then uh, send it. But like, Cause that was what I was asking. Like, how much would it take to kill? I weigh 180 pounds. How would it take? How much would it take to kill me? And he said, I don't know because each pill is different. See, it was, might be 90%. Yeah. It might be 2%. And yeah. we, there's no way of knowing. It's just a luck of the draw when you take that pill at the party. That's mm. what confused me because I'm thinking they use fentanyl all the time in the emergency room. It's <clears throat> yeah. medicine they use. Sure. I'm thinking how these other people, you know, they say a pin drop can kill you. And that's what they said. You know, you, 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 they just, they got a batch of baby powder and they throw this shit in with it or whatever they do yeah. and call it yeah. something else. And yeah, I just, I, I've never been a druggie in my life anyways. Oh, me neither. I can't imagine buying a pill off of the no street way. and taking it. And then just, no and way. they do it all the time I just, and these people are just crazy <laughs> and the, the the girl in wichita falls that uh her boyfriend died uh-huh. she rode around with two or three hours with him dead in the car and then was pissed off that uh she, she went back to the drug dealer and said my high wasn't as good as his he's fucking dead in the back seat yeah. and she's thought she's she's complaining to the drug dealer oh my word i Com- don't understand complaining <laughs> i to can't the drug wrap dealer. my mind around that that kind of that kind of mentality i can't i'm sorry yeah i just i don't get it I, I'm just, I was raised in a different era. I'm, well, but you were raised in the era that started this, and that's what surprises me because yeah, those hippies, in the 60s, yeah, the yeah, LSD but people. But I, I never did. You know, that was something. Hell, I was out hunting I when all, everybody was dropping <laughs> LSD. But I, I don't, I never I was have, getting high and brushed yeah. with a gun I, in my hand. I don't understand that either. I can't imagine the acid and all these people, things people yeah. were taking. I, I can't figure out how we went from the conservative life that we lived mm-hmm. in the late 40s in 50s to san francisco in 1960 i just mm-hmm. i just i can't that's how i understand i don't understand where the mindset where these kids got I, I i wasn't around at the time i just don't understand the mindset where these kids how did that start i don't i just don't understand do that I, I don't I, understand I, how the hat ashbury in the hey, san francisco yeah. how, how what what kicked that off that made that start I, I, you know, I watch, I watch that. I still watch that stuff documentaries on, you know, Woodstock. And yeah, I do too. It's funny because I like the music. Yeah. I mean, but, I, but sto- I see the idiots out there acting the way they do. And I'm going, well, you know, I'm, you know, I like their music, but I, you know, I never did do any of the things they're doing. But what, what and I don't understand. What I, started that movement? I, I think it was the, I, I think it was teenagers want thrill and adventure. And I think that they, well, they did it. I, Listen, well, okay. Sure did. So let's so let's look at this. So um World War II ends, and then a lot of families start after that. They get homes on the GI Bill and uh, you know, the nine to five executive white college. Greatest growth in our country. Right. Yep. Okay. So this happens. And then we've got the explosion of suburban life, and um a lot of people saw a lot of heinous things over there. And now these people's are moms and dads. Right. So they're raising their kids under the thumb of like this military lifestyle. So these kids see Woodstock and Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco in 1969 as their only outlet. 
Because you got to figure. I think it was way before '69. It was like either way, late '50s. Yeah, Elvis. Yeah, that's whenever they started. You know, demonizing Elvis because he was you know shaking his hips. Because when did uh, World War II end? Forty-five. Forty-five. Then we went to Korea in '50, I think. Well, let's just say World War. Let's just stop at World War II. So forty-five. So now you figure those people are coming out. They're in their early twenties. They have kids. Now that so that's forty-five, and then you get to sixty, and they're fifteen years old. And 60 on, they're even older. And then so they just want out of that. You think it was the parenting that the, I think from a, all the military I background? I think a lot of it was. I think they had very, very strict parents that saw a lot of bad mm. things over that there. Could be it. And yep. they just they kept their thumb on these kids, and the kids knew that this is my only way to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Makes a good point. You know what's interesting about that is when we get done with hunting season, we are busy from September to, fe- mm-hmm. to, to the end of January. Mm-hmm. I'm bored to death February and March because I'm used to going, oh, yeah. going, 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 yeah. going, going, yeah. going. All of a sudden, we don't have nothing to do. So we, yeah. I want to go all the time still and do things. Well, could you imagine being in a five-year go, 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 get shot at, you're shooting at people oh, my with word. the adrenaline, to come home. Just dumped out. To, to nothing. Dumped out. And, yes. saying, and they didn't okay, take care of much people. Obliged. Yep. Yeah. And, much obliged. Yeah. And, and, you slow, and then – you know, you come in and go. Now what do I do? You know, I've I've been I've been ducking bullets. I've been killing. Yes. And God knows what all. And now then they sent me back to civilization to America. What do I do now? You're supposed to be selling insurance in in yeah. Omaha, Nebraska. I don't know how I don't know how those boys did it. Yeah. And there was really you know at least today. And there's a lot that we could do for our veterans today, still. But you look at that generation back then, and it was just. Toughen up. They were tough because they were raising their the, the depression, depression, right? And those those kids were tough. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, s- mentally tough. Yeah, mentally my, tough. My grandpa would tell me stories about when he was a kid, and I remember my grandpa Stanfield told me that uh, they had a house, and, and and my grandpa Stanfield was come from a pretty good family. They mm-hmm. they they were not poor poor people by any means. They had yeah. the first TV in town. That was they yeah. were high cotton boy that town. Yeah, but. He said when he was a kid, he remembers laying in bed at nighttime and you could see the snakes crawling because mm-hmm. the, 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 they didn't have sheetrock and stuff. They mm-hmm. just had slat, you know, and have, you could see a snake crawl through and, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the, you know, it, it, you know, you look at, uh, of course, I mean, when I was a young boy, I always hung around with the old, the old guys. It was born mm-hmm. in the 1800s, 18, probably the earliest was 1884, which is Orrin Driver. And I would sit and listen to their stories and just ask them about the old days when they were growing up. And then as I got older, I realized that, that my daddy was way tougher than and saw tougher times than I saw, and his daddy saw way tougher times because he was born in the 1870s. Mm-hmm. And then talking to Orrin Driver and Wade House and Wade Barker and those guys, that, that gave me a mindset when I was like a teenager. You know, if these guys can do it, if I would get to a point like when I thought, I can't, I can't do this anymore, I think, you know what? They could have. Yeah. And so I made myself do things that ordinarily I probably would have just backed off on. And I'd like to think I learned a little bit from those guys and maybe maybe uh, uh, through osmosis, you know, learning my boys got a little bit of that from me because I can tell you, I say with great pride, my boys are working son of a guns and they're not scared of anything. And and I then I go to like the big cities and I see these young kids, 
And I look at my wife and I say, my God, what have we come to? Mm-hmm. I mean, not all of them. Not but all a big of them. percentage I don't, I don't wanna, of them. But a, big... a large percentage of them. Yes. Are just, I'm just going, what if those kids were put in my situation, in my daddy's situation, his father's situation, in hard times, how would they handle it? You know, they're skinny jeans. You know, I, I, I still remember one one day. They call them lumbersexuals, I think. Lumbersexuals? Yeah. <laughs> he, he was dressed in a black and white plaid shirt. He had these logging boots on with skinny jeans. I mean, they just squeezed his ankles to death. His feet were probably purple. And he had him a perfectly big beard that was perfectly manicured. Lumbersexual. With his cap on. And I'm... I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm watching him walk by and I'm going, holy shit, this, this is what they're talking about. I mean, this is what I'm right. referring to right now. Yeah. Those kind of guys. Give him an axe and say, go oh, cut that tree down. Oh, boy, yeah. I never touched yeah. an axe. Go get that axe, yeah. that double-bit axe over there. <laughs> or that single, what's a double-bit axe, you know? I, he's never even been to a store <laughs> that sold never an, axe. an axe. I, had a, <laughs> I came down the elevator with a guy the other day. Me and Michelle were coming down the elevator. And I had a Filson shirt on, not like the same same yeah. fabric as this one, but it was a yeah. different shirt. And this guy goes, and and and, and this is honest. This guy is wearing shorts yeah. and a Columbia shirt, and he has flip flops on, yeah. and he has his toes manicured. Oh boy! And his fingernails are painted and stuff. Oh. And I noticed this right away. Yeah. Well, I like talking to people like this because there's a story there, so I want to talk oh, to sure. him and stuff. And he he goes, "Oh, I just love your shirt." And he, <laughs> <laughs> he pets me. Oh, he moves his arm. Does yeah. like, oh, what, what kind of fabric is that? That's well, it's made by Filson. Oh, that's a good company. I was like, oh yeah, it is. And you can see Michelle was kind of trying there. to. She was snickering. She's trying not to laugh and stuff. Yeah. And, oh, this is my stop. And he got off the deal. And I didn't get asking any yeah. questions because when he started petting me, I was just completely confused. <laughs> but I thought, could you imagine if that? That's the kind of guy right there. Hey. If I was a criminal. Easy target. Easy. Easy, easy, easy target. Because he ain't going to defend himself. No. He's going to write you well, a check. He, well, when he walks outside, it walks out. Like my my brother-in-law told me, he's from Yonkers, New York, and he told me when we went to New York, he said, whatever you do, you look straight at, You look straight ahead. Do not look up at the buildings because that, that, that can zero in like a Taurus. hawk on a quail. Yeah. He's going to zero in and say, that guy's not from New York, and I can take him. So I talk to people in New York City. Yeah. Oh, on the street. How you doing? Good seeing you. Yeah. yeah. And boy, they just they're makes them nervous. Yeah. They That's kind of like on the Crocodile Dundee movie yeah. when he's walking yeah. down, he's talking. Yeah. To me. Yeah. They don't understand. I. Right. But I'm. Throws them off. But yeah. you know what I've noticed about New York City? New York City. Now? No. Well, no. No. It probably is in uh, lots of places, but most of those people are not much different than we are. They're stuck in their place. If you visit uh-huh. with them and stuff, they hate the same shit we hate. Yeah. A lot of them do, but their their mind is they're wired different. But uh-huh. most of the people I know from New York City on the street that I've met are the guys from New York that we hunted last year. Great guys. Yeah. But just, they're yeah. they're a lot like they're us. They're yeah. just trapped in that deal. Yeah. And yeah. Have you seen this? It was on Facebook a long time ago, but it, we were talking about how tough people were. So imagine you're born in 1900. You're 14. World War One begins and ends when you're 18 with 22 million dead. Soon after a global pandemic, the Spanish flu appears, killing 50 million. You're alive and 20 years old. When you're 29, you survive the global economic crisis that started with the collapse of the New York Stock Exchange, causing inflation, unemployment, famine. 33 Nazis come into power. 39 World War II begins. Ends when you're 45 with 60 million dead. Holocaust, 6 million Jews will die. 52 Korea begins. 64 Vietnam begins and ends when you're 75. And kids today think that they've got it tough. Yeah. Thanks, got it. They got it tough. Yeah. 
ridiculous. We, we they have no clue. No. And the thing about that is, is most kids that were born in 1900s lost probably oh, oh, one yeah. Oh, yeah. or definitely, or, you know, two parents. Oh, sure. So they're an orphan by the time they're sure. 15 or 16 sure. years old. You know, one of the reasons that, that I appreciate the time that I spent, uh, you know, trapping coyotes when I graduated from Tech in, in uh, 1974 was that my intent was to live a life as close to the early days as I could be. Mm-hmm. You know, bath in a, a number two, wa- number three wash tub, double bit axe. That was the only thing I cut firewood with. And I would not trade that experience for anything today. Right. I look, and what it did is actually set a path to where, I don't know, it, it's, it, it, uh, you know, it, it, it sort of uh, formed my personality in a way mm-hmm. because, you know, at 22, 23, you're still, you can still, you know, be be kind of molded a little bit, right? And it did it. It it really changed me in a, in a manner in a very positive way, and well, uh, and it's um, I wouldn't take for it. Well, you figured out how to solve things on your own. Sure, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. The buck stops and ends with me. That's right. If I'm that's hungry, right. it's my own fault. If I'm that's cold, right. it, I didn't cut enough firewood. Right. And I mean, you didn't look for the comforts of modern day civilization. I'm going to make my own comfort. Yep. And there's going to be immense struggle in that. But the yeah. payoff is going to be, I'm going to know that I can, no matter what life throws at me, I can I can handle my own. Right, right. My, but no, kids don't push themselves. No, no, they will not push themselves. My, they, I mean, there's 35-year-olds that are living in their mom and dad's basement yes. today. Pretty yeah. common, too. My grandmother, or my grand, my grandpa, my mom, so my grandpa Cord, the little tagging guy, he told me when he was, he actually didn't tell me this. My dad told me this. He said, my grandpa... When, back from World War II, was a warrant officer on a ship, blah, 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 blah. Come back, went to work for General Motors when it mm-hmm. first came out. Mm-hmm. Retired from General Motors and was retired for twice as long as he worked there. He lived to be 99. Mm, wow. but, but anyways, he, uh, my dad told me that my grandpa, when they would go on strike back in the day, he said, my grandpa would go pick apples. Find something to do? Find, he worked all the time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He, I mean, he worked yeah. in his yard and shit all the time. His yard yeah. was mad. But, but when he was not, if like if something happened at yeah. work, yeah, they went on strike at General Motors. He said, "My dad said he was he was out picking apples or doing whatever yeah. it took to fa- because he grew up in a different time. I mean, his sure his grandfather sure. was was murdered at uh, on the town square by Mussolini. Hung him wow. for speaking out against communism. Wow, uh, come over in a tramp steamer. His family did to Ellis yeah. Island. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough life. You bet. And and started. Bet. And he was the first one in his family that wasn't a coal miner. Yeah. Well, you know, when dad, uh, they had a pretty big family and, and their mother, well, her, his dad had a stroke and, oh, I don't know, he was in the thirties, I believe. And, um, and they had to sort of, uh, met their kids out to different families and such. Yeah. And they, they began very early, you know, working. And I remember my dad telling me a story. There's a couple of, there's a man and wife and they ran a ranch here in Knox County. I won't say which one it was, but, uh, the the lady was boy they they were they were mean some bucks, and they, uh, these young boys would come and work you know that during the depression, mm-hmm. and that lady would get up and she would look out the window and, and she'd say to her husband, "Here come them humans." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then and then she would say uh, one of her favorite sayings was. Uh, They'd be asleep on the porch early in the morning, and they should say, "Get up, Waddies! It's four o'clock. Get up, Waddies, and pee on the rock. It ain't quite daylight, but it's four o'clock." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't hear that stuff anymore. No, but no. but but they, 
you know, um, again, I just want to, I just want to, you know, impress upon everyone that it's I think it's really important for parents to, to, uh, put your kids to the test sometimes. Sure. Don't make it easy on them. Don't go, oh, well, you know, you know, I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. I remember when my younger son came up to me one day and said he wanted to pick up or an old used pickup and he didn't have the down payment. And, uh, I might've told this story earlier in another podcast, but I said, you know, I don't have the money. I can't loan you any money, but I will show you how to make some money. He said, well, there's not any, I can't, don't have any day work now because you know, all the cattle have been worked and there's not any wheat, not any stock of cattle. So I said, I will make a phone call and find out what the bobcat hides are worth. And I'll, and if, if there were something, I'll show you how to trap and called the, the fur buyer in Albuquerque. And he said, yeah, they're worth 130 bucks a piece. He went out and caught enough cats in one month to make his down payment on his pickup. And then one day to put salt on the wound, he called and said, Hey pop, I got something to do. Can you skin those two cats? I said, you caught them, you skin them. <laughs> and to this day, Pate and Hunter both maintain that work ethic. I did it, and I will continue. And did both of them pick up the trapping from you, or Hunter picked up later? He I, he came in at one point and spent a couple of months at home, and and I shared some of my trap line with him, and he caught I don't know about thirty cats, but he wanted to, he wanted to get a taste of it before he went on and and to further his life in something else. How long does it take you to skin a bobcat? Uh, I had two guys from uh, Cabela's with me one day, and, and and one of them shot a cat, and I skinned him in six minutes. Wow. wow. Yeah. Holy cow. I wonder yeah. what the mountain man could do. He couldn't do it much mm-hmm. faster than that. I probably couldn't it. fast because you probably have better tools. Yeah. I, he probably couldn't, but coyotes are a lot harder. You know, I, In fact, anymore, I, only way I'll skin a coyote is if I'm going to have one tan. I mean, you talk about stink. I think about all those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of coyotes over the years that I skinned. By a kerosene light lamp hanging out of the tree with hot water to warm my hands and, and norther blowing at that little dugout, and I think I ain't doing that no more. <laughs> you know, I don't even want. To, I really don't want to skin anything anymore. I'm just kind of tired. <laughs> What's a bobcat skin worth now, Pell? Nothing. Nothing. Zero dollars. No, wow. unless you go way up north. They've made it such. Whenever, whenever Obama killed the uh, the trade with Russia, that pretty well killed the trade uh, with cats. Uh, are the the market on cats? Say southern cats. You know when I fir- when I finished. Okay, the year before I totally quit trapping. No, two years. Uh, I had, my cats averaged two sixty a piece. Then the next year they dropped to two hundred, and after that they went to nothing. So at two sixty a piece for a bobcat, yeah. a guy can make some pretty good coin. Yeah, yeah. In two thousand in two thousand seven, I caught a hundred and three bobcats in fifty nine days. Wow. And they, and they were bringing two hundred. No, no, no. They they were bringing only like one hundred and seventy or two hundred eighty. Still bucks making still, good money. Good though. money. Yeah. It's worth your time at least. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I was having fun. Yeah. How many? Yeah. So you trapped how many bobcats? Uh, uh, in two thousand seven, I I caught one hundred and three in fifty nine days. Did you did you notice a huge drop off on them, or are you still seeing them? After that, no. The next year was even better. Uh, but I shared my trap line with my son. <clears throat> And so I'd caught like 85 the next year in about the same period of time, and he caught like 30. So I would have caught probably those or maybe more. And then the next year, boom, the cat population dropped off. What happened? And, well, caught them. Caught them all. And because after that, 
uh, whenever the population drops, then you start catching young cats. And see, your price right. was dependent on the length of your cats. Oh, okay. Of course, your toms brought more than the females. But if anything over 36 inches was considered a large, anything like over 38 or 40 inches was extra large. You know, you, before the, when I was catching a lot of cats, uh, when they were a good population and it was a stable population, I caught a lot of 36, 38, some 40 inch cats. But man, after uh, two years of really heavy trapping, they dropped off where there was a lot of 32, 30 inch cats, 34 inch cats, rarely anything over 36. How big is Ollie, you think? I mean that's Ollie's. There ain't a bobcat that big. No, no but no, no, what's no. Ollie? Six? You think he's uh, sixty inches long? Yeah, he'd. I don't know, but I mean that's not. I mean that's a big bobcat, forty inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bobcat is catching, a yeah stretching 48, 40, 42, I think forty two inches is the longest stre- a cat I ever stretched. I saw the cat that won that's the girthy. San Angelo weighed thirty six pounds, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I just can't buy that shit. You know, I've, I've caught, I, I have, I've said. taken 886 bobcats in my life. 886. And none of them weighed over, well, one weighed 31 and a half pounds. One out of 886 bobcats. Something ain't right with all these right. 30, 35, 36 pound bobcats. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't. Yeah. Cause that. it seems like everybody is. Yeah, everybody's catching, everybody's 30, catching them. 35, 40 pounds. I, I, I'm not buying it. Um, I'll look it up. Like I say, out of 886 bobcats, and one weighed 31 and a half, and the rest of them weighed 28 and down. 35 pounds, one ounce. Yeah, 35 pounds, one ounce. Um, but just something, something not something uh, smells. Yeah, I'm sorry. That uh, I, I mean, know they've been catching people uh, doing illegal things with them. You well, know, like like feeding them up. Yeah, putting them on game camera, feeding them, and then going out and calling them later. Right, and some's so, even been putting like so uh, they're they're hunting them in the wild. They're just feeding them year they're round, feeding to, them year to, round, to get, and getting to get them, them going. Fed. The thirty one and a half that I that I actually my brother caught it and I actually uh, tracked the cat down and had to kill him. I won't, I was wanting to transplant him to another area, but I couldn't get him in a cage. He get mm-hmm. in the cage and I couldn't get the door slammed on him. I mean, he was a, he was one tough tom, but he had been eating my my brother's chickens for like three weeks. That's the oh, only reason he weighed thirty one pounds. Right. I tell you what, right. my luck would be I'd be feeding that son of a bitch some beef, throwing steaks out there for him, and then my neighbor'd call him in and shoot him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and this is the this is the thing with these contests is they incentivize a it, it, little they, bit of let's blur that you these put lines. Money, anytime you put that kind of money, you're going to get people figuring out ways. Right. Yes. I'm sorry. Would that pay thirty eight thousand? Thirty five. Thirty five thousand. So a thousand dollars a pound. Yeah, right. Basically, yeah. is what it paid. Yeah, and I'm not saying that these guys cheated because I mean that could well, be I'm legit. Either. But but let's just, but that's let's, just again again. Here's I know I've taken 886 bobcats in my life. Yeah, and one of them went over 30 pounds, and it was because he'd been eating my brother's chickens <laughs> for three weeks. <laughs> right. Nearly every day. Rest of rest 25 pounds. 28 down. 28 down. Did uh didn't you catch a big coon one time? Twenty-eight pounds, twenty-seven pounds. <laughs> what was he? Whatever he wanted. <laughs> he was hell. He was out there on the pitchfork when I was in uh, nineteen seventy-four. <laughs> he was eating cedar berries and he was getting real fat on cedar berries. <laughs> that, those are that's a smart animal. Uh, raccoons. Mm-hmm. They are until you start trapping them. Then they're real, real, real silly. They're, I mean, they're easy, easy, easy. Oh my word! You just you pray you don't catch one because generally they run in the same areas where cats run. 
Because mm-hmm. if you find a real good cat run, probably there's going to be a coon running there. They like they like edge effect uh, locations, like you know where brush stops and it's open country around canyon rims, in creek bottoms where you come up out of a creek. That's typical coon. Uh, sometimes I'll catch. I used to catch two, uh, three, and four, maybe five coons. Then I'd catch the cat. But you have to go through all these raccoons before right. you get the cat. And so, uh, but raccoons are so easy to catch. Did you just shoot them and let them lay? Uh, yes. I, maybe we shouldn't have said that, but yeah, yeah. I, I just I have no use for raccoons. They, they raccoons are 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 serious predators on quail nest. Uh, research research Texas Tech research has shown that raccoons, opossums, uh, skunks, and even armadillos are tremendous predators on on a quail nest. So are woodpeckers, aren't they? That I don't. Know. I haven't heard anything. Not woodpeckers. Roadrunners. No. I thought no, roadrunners. No, no roadrunners are they not. They won't steal eggs or that's, anything. That's an old. That's wives an tale. old wives' tale dating back to the turn of the century. You know, I don't see roadrunners like we used to around here. Well, twenty twenty one killed the hell out of them. Is that what it is? Because oh, yeah. I used to have one or two on this road, and you see them in the same place well, yeah, all, the you'd see them all the time. Twenty twenty one killed lots of lots of uh, of birds. I hadn't seen a roadrunner around here in a long yeah. time. Uh, I, hadn't I saw a study. I don't know if it's a study. A guy. It was his own educational synopsis of this, but he said. That they did, uh, they've done a raccoon contest the last couple of years in mm-hmm. the county where they are, and they pay money for it. And these guys go out and shoot coons. With, the coons on the varmint hunt looks like it'd be a fun little hunt. Anyway. They need to do a lot of but that. But he said their uh, turkey numbers are way up now. Yeah, exactly. Anything they're nest raiders. They're nest raiders. They they run around with their nose in the ground. Yeah, and he said that they have, but they've done a contest. And he said we killed eight hundred coons yeah. one night here, and then we killed six hundred another night. But instead of guys with the dogs, they're doing it as a varmint contest. Yeah, and calling them. And boy, they you hit them varmint notes, and I'm sure you've had coons come up to you yeah. a lot of times. Well, uh, all you have to do is, uh, you know, I mean, I don't call very many coons up with with my mouth calls. Uh, at all, just, I mean, just maybe one every two or three years. But with electronic calls, I know that when uh, uh, Gerald Stewart gave me an electronic call, God, years, decades ago, and he had a tape fighting raccoons, mm-hmm. you had better back your your butt <laughs> against a tree because they're coming and they're coming hard and fast. Yeah, gobs of them. We got to take the boys to do that one day. Um, that would I, be I don't do electronic calls, but if you do. Get the fighting raccoon tape, and I'm telling you, just back up and get ready. But I mean, yeah, th- that's the same thing. And they'll like even they'll charge the because uh, you can put like a little tail on your on your uh-huh. electric collar. Uh huh. I mean, they look like they've got to be a descendant of a bear. That's not the video, but um, they've got to be a descendant of a bear. Yeah. I mean, the way do. that they kind of just come lumbering out of that tree, yeah. and then oh, here it is, maybe. Um. But they're aggressive <laughs> as hell. But I mean, look at him. He's just a he's just a oh, ti- he's I, just I a remember, tiny bear. I remember back in the eighties, Rick, my brother, and I were calling one day, and uh, and we were sitting side by side, and we was on a on a big uh, sloping hill overlook a big creek bottom, and all of a sudden we heard growling and rocks rattling, and we turned around, and there was a raccoon like six feet away, ears back, growling and running right at us, <laughs> and we both jumped up. <laughs> And hollered, and that raccoon just busted right between us and went right on down through there. I swear if we hadn't jumped up, he'd have just, <laughs> he'd have just, he'd just boiled us over. Mm. And we, we we busted him as we went down the hill. That's nuts. And then, and then, we, and then my, my brother later we, it was doing another stand, and I set him off to a side, to the side on a, on a sloping hill, and a coyote did the same thing. 
And whenever it was over, I walked over to him. He he was sitting there shaking his head. I just don't know how much more of this I can take. <laughs> I tell you, I like everything is everything is charging me out here. Um, what have the coyotes looked like this year? Have they had pretty? You know what uh, they have? Pretty... Uh, they they've all looked good. I've not seen even one. Well, I saw one with a part of a tail missing when I was photographing them. Mm-hmm. And other than that, all of them look real pretty. Uh, I've not done a lot of calling this winter because of so much book signing. I've, right. we, I've signed like 1,500 books it's since they've come in. Yeah. And so I didn't get to go out and do much calling in December. But the ones that I called up in January and photographed look really, really pretty. Is that indicative of a healthy population or is it yeah. ju- so a nice, a nice high, yeah, a well, nice fur? Well, you know, it, what it indicates to me that that the mange is finally burning itself out, which started – in 1986. What was it? Just uh... Sarcoptic mange mite. Across the river out of Mexico. Oh. I was warned by a parasitologist who was a professor at Tech, Dr. Dan Pence, who taught in the med school. And he said, um, Sarcoptic mange mite has crossed into Texas. He said they will be in the rolling plains in a few years. And in 1986, it hit with about 15% of the coyotes that I had shot um, had mange and, and by 19, about 1999, almost 100% of the coyotes that you, that you saw had mange. Whoa. And, and like beef, like cattle who died in the fields. Yeah. Nothing would eat them. There wasn't, there were not enough coyotes to feed on the, on the carcasses. It was terrible. So we were that, that low. We were that yes, close out yes. here. It devastated them and it, and it kept moving like a fire. All the way up to Kansas, Nebraska, and the the later it went, you know, you'd talk to guys when it was finally dying out here. The guys up north would say, "Man, we got mange up here," which is like a fire; it's got to burn out. That's crazy. It's crazy that w- that the population was so low and that it was yep. able to rebound to yep. where it is today. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's just a fact that that whenever uh, population densities are low, coyotes have will have larger litter numbers. I mean that's just, that's a proven that's a scientific fact. Right. Yeah, they they and take if, care of themselves. Right, they take care of themselves. And and like whenever the food uh, source uh, drops off, their litter uh, sizes are smaller. So if a if a if a mother had this this mange, would she pass that on to her mm-hmm. pups? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like fleas. Yes. And then yep. that that right there shows you how tough these animals are yep. that they can yep. make it. And have virtually yeah. no hair on their on their yeah. hide. I, whenever whenever it was bad, I would find coyotes curled up dead. <clears throat> yeah, froze uh, to death. Just froze to death. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I remember on the pitchfork one day there was a, a cut bank and there was a skeleton up in up under there where a coyote had tried to crawl up under there and out of the weather and died. Mm. And uh, it's pretty sad. Do the mites get onto humans? Like yes. they they could. Yes, absolutely. And- and then Absolutely. what do we have to do? If- you have to go to the doctor and get some sort of salve and put on it. But, yeah, what I'd, I'd always, if I had to handle one, weigh it and everything, I'd either do it with gloves or I wouldn't even do it. Right. I'd just leave them laying there. Yeah. We, we had a guy on the podcast a long time ago, Tom Brennan. He's on Mountain Men. He's mm-hmm. the guy that does the le- – have you ever watched that show? Mm-mm. That would be – I think you would find that interesting. It's a documentary on people that live in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Anyways, he uh, – he, I think it was a bear that he killed, and he, he used a smoker – Mm-hmm. On the preserving the hide. Oh, never heard of that. That's that they use. They they take they build a smoker and they and they smoke it and they let oh, the man. smoke 
and and I did not know that it was buffalo hide maybe or something. Anyways, mm-hmm. what it was, I did not know that I did not realize they, that they used smoke if, if it to would, preserve the hide. Would that just be preserving it until they could send it to have it? You're getting tanned. You're talking to the wrong person. I was asking you for the expert. Yeah, well, I, 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 I know nothing about tanning. But they, <laughs> but they used, but he, they used smoke. Yeah. He built a fire all night one night and grizzly. You know, yeah. they make a show out of the deal. But yeah. in his backyard, yeah, right, he had right. had him a deal, and he smoked the hide. Yeah, I think that he might have been sensationalizing or something. He said I'm that was sure. the old Indian way yeah. of doing it, and that's how they did it. Yeah. Of course, I heard that they, they had the. The Indian women, they would chew the hides. They would mm-hmm. chew on them and to, to they make They would have them no soft. teeth left. I imagine that's the reason they were used up at 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fact. Yeah. And if, the, if and you were 19 or 20, nobody wanted anybody. Yeah. You know, nobody you, wanted the girls. No, and if you were <laughs> a good-looking one, you, yeah. you didn't have an Achilles because they cut that so you couldn't walk yeah. off. That's sad. That's, oh, man. You that's a terrible like, life. Oh, man, we can't even fathom. Oh, my word. No, and that's what's funny. If you go to an Indian reservation nowadays, it's casinos and broken down cars and a bunch of trash in most places, and yeah. they have no clue. It, it, this is a pet peeve of mine. I think if you're an Indian and mm-hmm. you're going to get to or a Native American, as I'm trying to become more politically yeah. correct, and you want to be able to s- substance living or whatever they call that, where you have to live off the land and yeah, stuff, yeah, subsistence, subsistence, yeah, then you need to use a bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. I have a real problem with them gillnet and walleye and some of these lakes and wiping out an entire lake. Yeah. You know, fish like your ancestors did. I don't have right. a problem with right. that. But you shouldn't get to use modern devices. Right, right. If you're going to live out in, I, the, in the wild. I watch that Life Below Zero, and there's a lady up there, and she's, she's whatever tribe she was, Inuit or whatever, they've got tattoos on their chin. Uh-huh. They've got these lines down them. Yeah, I've <clears> seen that, yeah. And that lady and her husband, you know, they're, they're what do you call it? Subsistence, 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 subsistence yeah. living. And they're living and they're uh, trapping and doing this stuff. Well, they're in a boat with a brand new Evan route on it. Yeah. They're shooting shotguns and rifles yeah. and snow machines and all this stuff. Yeah. That's, that's semi-automatic not, also yeah. on rifle, right. you know, the, the tactical weaponry. Yeah. I'm going, get a bolt yeah. action. If, you know, at right. least get a bolt yeah. action. Iron Iron 700 or something. <laughs> they're getting a check. Already yeah. they're getting a yeah. check. So if you want to live that lifestyle and be able to hunt year-round yeah. and stuff, then do it like you like your ancestors yeah. did. Don't yeah. do it the other way around. Right. You know, I, right. yeah, I've got a real issue with that. Yeah. Did any of the Indians out here have the uh, the tattoo culture, or was that something that you was... know? I'm not aware. Um, I know the literature that I've that I have read didn't really speak of tattooing. Right. Very. If it did, I don't recall. But when they would go to battle, like they put on their war, paint. they put on their paint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know there's there's an excellent book called Thirty Three Years with Wild Indians by Colonel Dodge. I think it was written in either eighteen seventy eight or eighteen eighty, and that gives a good overview of the Plains Indians because mm-hmm. he was in Texas and up into Kansas, and um, it's big. I mean, it's like you know probably six hundred pages, and um, and that that's an excellent book to read for for uh, you know a, a view of what life was like with uh, living with the Indians and. How did he get? Was he part? He Indian? was. He was a no. Colonel Dodge was a was military, uh-huh. and and he was among the Indians starting back in eighteen sixties, I believe. Uh, yeah, it might have been the late fifties, eighteen fifties. I know through the sixties because um, he. Uh, I don't know because the book was written in eighteen either eighteen seventy eight or eighteen eighty. And of course, Dodge City, Kansas, is named after Fort Dodge, mm-hmm. and and he's that that is an excellent read. He was all the way down to uh, Fort Chadburn. He talks about being at Fort Chadburn, Nebraska. No, no, Texas. Where's that at? 
That's down by Bront, down below Abilene. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. He down talks by Buffalo about, Gap. Yeah, he talks about uh, how the Indians were wonderful in shooting contests. They they could shoot a bow very well, although although they knew how to um, when they would get in a shooting contest with with someone that like uh, like a soldier would put up a, a coin, and that Indian could could work that bow to where when he shot that arrow would turn and knock that coin off. It wouldn't necessarily hit, <laughs> hit it point it. on, but part of the shaft would hit it. But he said they, they were such experts with a the bow. They weren't exactly dead on perfect, but they right. knew how to manipulate that arrow. Right. I mean, That's, it's an interesting read. Very when, interesting. When they rode their horses, did they use bridles or anything? Uh, the uh, hackamores or bridles. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, they had to. Do That's you what I'm, hold yeah, on. Yeah. But they didn't have... Well, I guess they had leather though. They had made leather. Yeah, either that or buffalo buffalo hair, right? Ropes. Yeah. Is that what they use? Buffalo hair ropes. Well, uh, they, I'm sure they used a lot of that. Yeah. Or horse hair, horse hair ropes, out of the tails of the horse. Yeah. And that's what they would use to. Yeah. I always wondered about that because you see them on TV and you know they look like they're riding the cavalry's. You know. Yeah. Got the bits yeah. and shit in their mouth and yeah. stuff, and you know that they didn't have well, bits. Um, I know. I've seen. I don't know. I've seen old photographs, and some of them have bridles, and of course. When the photographers came, that was after you know a lot of the wild ones were already gone. Yeah, but um, but I'm sure that hackamores was a big thing, you know, which didn't have necessarily have a bit. Interesting people. The, the things that amazed me a lot about the Indians were a lot of their they've got that romantic lifestyle that they live. Yes, lived. and then the, it, then it amazes me that as long as they were here, they had invented a wheel. It yeah. just blows my mind how yeah. how primitive they were in a lot of ways. They were. And in a lot of ways, they were really, really, I mean, like they're. Uh, well, they, they just learned, they did what was necessary for their way of life. They Right. I mean, they right. never conceptualized the wheel. Yeah, I know. It's just, but it's hard to believe they were dragging people around still when we got here and they didn't use a wheel. Yeah, but, on those but travel horses, yeah. I read a book, and I wish I could think of what it was. It was talk about some of the things that they did. And one of the tribes even kind of practiced some surgery. Some surgery, some yeah, they would they would you know uh, with the obsidian. The, what's the black oh, the rock? Obsidian, yeah. I know I've seen that in the Smithsonian. It. I've seen uh, skulls that had been that had been uh, uh, surgery had been yeah been I mean, they've been worked on uh, surgically, and it was done with uh, you know with uh, obsidian because obsidian is the sharpest right instrument. I mean a rock stone. Once you does it once dull you quickly split it. I'm sorry. Will it dull quickly? That I don't know. I think but it's I know that pool. obsidian is the sharpest. When once you chip it, it is the sharpest. It, it can be used for surgery. That's what they pool tile was in freaking Mexico. I cut myself <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, it was sharpest shit. I, anyway, I, that shit, the, the obsidian though, that is the sharpest. They say it's scalpel's edge, like yeah. the razor yes. or a surgeon's yeah. deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw a video today. So anesthesia wasn't invented until 1846. 1846 is when anesthesia, like we know it today. So like all surgeries prior to 1846, childbirth, anything like that, was just hold them down Toothaches. and let's work fast. You know what killed President Washington, don't you? Uh, teeth, wasn't it? No, bloodletting. 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 That's a, that is correct. Now I remember, like he had pneumonia or something. Yeah. His sore throat. So and, throat and he had and they blisters let, yeah. in his in his yes, throat. So yes. he had probably tonsil. He had a uh, strep throat probably. Strep throat more than likely. And they bled yes. him out. They and just kept him kept him, him letting him bleed and bleed till yeah. he bled to death. You're talking about primitive. Jeez. I tell you what, the other day I was in Colorado and um 
doing a presentation there with uh, the land report, uh, and it was an it was a national meeting of brokerage brokers and realtors, and we were doing like a, a talk session, you know, like you know, how are you? How's the book? Blah blah blah. How did this come about? And Selena developed a toothache when mm. we were up there. Who has us? And horse. it got ahead of her. And she called home, and they had a prescription ready for her once we got on it. But it was, but she got about two days behind. Let me tell you something. That was bad. Put you to your knees. That gal was in pain. Yep. Toothache and earaches the worst. All the way to her ear, down to her neck. Yep. Mm. It was mm. terrible. Mm. Earache mm. and toothache are the two worst things. Oh in the world. my word! I'll tell you something though that's bad, and that's trigeminal neuralgia. What the hell is that? Oh my word! They call it the suicide disease. Wow! Because of the pain. And I had it. I what, had it for years. What is it? It is the trigeminal nerve. There's, there's, there's a, what seven, five or seven nerves. Uh, you, I, I forget from comparative of anatomy, but I studied those nerve uh, in your holes in your in your skull. I still believe there's seven nerves. Anyway, it's the trigeminal nerve, and it manifests itself either in an earache or a toothache. It can be, you know, the side, the side of your face can almost become paralyzed. But once you develop it, and it, what it is is that nerve becomes uh, inflamed at the foramen, the hole in your skull that goes through your brain. The skull comes from your brain. I mean, the, the nerve comes from your brain, goes through, through the foramen, and then it goes out through your body and it affects your hearing, your eyesight, and your, your vocal cords, everything. And so... The mind manifests itself as an earache. And I remember one night going to the doctor on a Saturday night, the emergency room in, in Haskell. Dr. Cadenhead, the, Mr. Cadenhead, the, the older man, was there, and he looked at my ear, and he said, you don't have an earache. He said, you have trigeminal neuralgia. I said, what is that? And he said, that's, that's an extremely painful nerve issue. And he said uh, it's often referred to as a suicide disease. Make you want to shoot yourself. It, and lots of people kill themselves. What do they do to fix it? Uh, personally, you have to stay ahead of it. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I've found. If you don't, once you feel it coming on, and what happens with every heartbeat, you feel that it. pain hits you in the ear or or in the tooth. Oh shit! And and you cannot keep your head still. You jerk your head like oh, this, wow. and that all day and for a week. I've been actually on the bed for a week, sitting there with my head jerking with Twist. this stagum pain. Every heartbeat. With every heartbeat. And so now, and I haven't had it in two or three years, knock on wood. Well, as you say, he done jinxed And up. when I feel it coming on, I start taking uh, Excedrin. And it helps. And it, and it kills it. But if you ever let it go and it gets ahead of you, look out. They, nothing. they gave me codeine one time, and I will never take codeine again. I promise you, I'll take anything but codeine. Make you loopy? I went sick? crazy. Really? I, I would I've lay on the bed and hallucinate. I would, I would raise up, and then I would just fall back down on the bed. For like five days, I did that. So Excedrin's a whole lot better for you. Get ahead of it. And, what, and one thing that'll set it off is a wet head with wind on your head. Really? Yes. That's what would that's what would ignite mine. Wet head with wind. If I'd wash my head and then lay down next to an open window at night... Boy, the next morning. So if you dry your hair, you're okay. Dry your head, hair, you're okay. Oh, yeah. I, have you ever had shingles? 
No, I got that shingle shot. I I had I have had shingles maybe three times in my life, and I can mm-hmm. feel them coming on. I got them one time at Disneyland, really bad. And uh, Lori Lynn and them were with us, and Lori's like, "You, she's RN. She's like, Jeff, you have shingles. And so I called, and Zeke gave me some medicine and mm-hmm. whatever it was. But he gave me a nerve pill, and I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. I wish I could. But I would take a nerve pill. If I feel it coming on, and I always get mm-hmm. it in the same spot, it's on my chest. Yep. The yep. only time it bothers me. I think some people get it on their face and their mouth. All kind of, oh, in their I, eyes. Yes. And, and it would, but I would take that little nerve pill, and it would wipe it out. I mean, immediately. Really? And it was a really great thing. The problem was... If I took that little old pill that was about 10 milligram, uh-huh. my ass is done for 24 hours. <laughs> I mean, there ain't nothing I can do. So I told Zeke about it one time. I said, for everybody that don't know, Zeke's my doctor, and he's a yeah. Benjamin kid. So I told Zeke about it one time. He goes, are you serious? He goes, it knocks you. I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm no good for 24 hours. Yeah. I said, I would if I had stuff to do, I would live with the shingles for that day knowing I couldn't take that pill. Because the whole next day, I couldn't do shit if I took it at night. Yeah. I was yeah. 24 hours. And he goes, seriously? He said, yeah. He said, there are, it's, it's a nerve pill. He said, there are old ladies in our town that take three <laughs> times that deal twice a day. They really? just go to work, do their normal stuff. It just stuff. affects you differently. I said, it knocks my fat ass out, boy. <laughs> Tell I mean, them what you do with your blood pressure medicine. So I uh, I started, I was taking my blood pressure medicine. I used to take, I had, since I've lost weight, I don't take any pills anymore. I used to take mm-hmm. blood pressure medicine every morning. I take a little, I think it was antenolol clarinthalol is what I took. Well, so I started getting tired. Mm-hmm. I mean, tired, tired, tired. I'd wake up, I'd be fine. I'd come to the lodge, take my pill, come to the lodge about an hour later. I was dragging ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost, I'd go home and take a nap every day. Mm-hmm. And I told Michelle, I said, I've, 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 I've got some deadly disease. I'm dying. <laughs> Dead. She's like, what's wrong? I said, I, don't, I said, Michelle, I feel like I'm dying. I said, I yeah. had no, I said, all day long, it just wipes me out. I said, in the morning, I feel good. But as soon as I get going in the day, I feel like shit. So I went to, after about two weeks of this, I mean, I'm like a zombie. Yeah. I went and seen Zeke and he goes, well, he goes, are you depressed? He said, could be depression. Are you depressed? I said, fuck, I'm self-employed. I'm in the waterfowl business. It hasn't yeah. rained in six months. I probably am depressed, but yeah. I don't. I said, no more than I have been any other time in the last 20 years. He goes, he said, let's do some blood work on you, blah, blah, blah. So I drew some blood. He said, I'll let you know we're going to send this off. And he goes, come back in a couple of days. I went home that that next day to take my medicine. I was looking. I said, like, what the fuck? I had, we had been on vacation, and I put all my pills in one bottle mm-hmm. instead of taking three or four different built bottles. I just put them in a bottle. I'd been taking fenugrin. I put some fenugrin in there so in case anybody had threw up, they'd have some medicine. Yeah. I've been taking fenugrin every morning. That shit knocks you on your ass. <laughs> fenugrin will wipe you out so that you can yeah. sleep through the stomach throwing up. Yeah. So I, I called him. I said, don't worry about that blood worry, work. I, I said, figured it out. I've been taking fenugrin for two weeks straight every morning. He goes, that'll make you tired. I said, yeah, that did. I mean, I was, I was, I just knew I had some, I, I, oh God, I'm, I'm dying. I got some bad disease. Yeah. I'm just wasting away. So don't do that again. Just, yeah. you know, keep yeah. your Really? Where, where they go? <laughs> Watch those pills. What? Uh, what? Uh, in the movie Tombstone, and this might not be uh, accurate, but Wyatt, it's Wyatt's wife. She was addicted to something, wasn't she? Who's this? Wyatt Earp's uh, old lady. Oh yeah, that was uh, the first old lady. Was it the green? Was it the opium den? Opium. Opium. Yeah. Opium. Yep. 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 Opium. Yep. You know what's crazy about opium is I wonder how that first got here. I guess the Chinese. Chinese. Chinese I'm sure. It. But yeah. the heroin boom, I, and I don't know this, but I bet you if you look on the computer, I bet the heroin boom in our country started after Vietnam. Yeah, because they brought all that stuff over here from them, yeah. and the CIA was that's one of their ways yeah. they were funding themselves. Yeah, it was in the seventies. Is when when heroin <clears throat> boom, it heroin was after, activity uh, in nineteen seventy to seventy eight. So yeah, I just, just can't I can't fathom brought it over here. You're you're a, you're you're a TV guy, but you like documentaries. Yes. 
I'm not a Ken Burns fan no more, anyways. After he yeah, came out there yeah. today, but I really he's a very yeah. he's very talented man. He's very talented. Um, did you watch the the English Downton Abbey? Did you ever watch that? No. That's a very interesting one. If you like history, it's just it's about a rich family that's mm-hmm. aristocratic and mm-hmm. the roles and how they do things and so mm-hmm. on. But it was it was an interesting show to me, mm-hmm. and I think you would enjoy it. It's set probably starts out. I'm gonna guess 1910 to 19, okay. but it's it's very interesting. I enjoyed the crown. Too. And the and title I, of it is the Downton, not like downtown, but Downton, D O W N T O N Abbey, and it's so a, it's in England. It's mm-hmm. it's set in England, and it's kind of I, me and Michelle started watching it after COVID. It was one of our COVID deals. You couldn't go nowhere, yeah. and we started watching this. Yeah. And I was like, let's watch this and see. And I thought this is gonna be a chick mm-hmm. flick. Uh-huh. A lot of drama, a lot of stuff going back and forth. But I really, really enjoyed it. It's okay. a interesting show. Yeah. But speaking of speaking of COVID, oh, oh, Fauci's kind of getting. Did you see him go tra- to that hood? Oh boy, I uh, love that, had to that be an old so video. much. No, I love that so much. That was a, a video recently. Yeah, it looks so. like summertime in the background. Look it up. Trees are green. Let me see. But yeah, I think it was relatively recent. That was so much fun when they turned and walked off, and that guy didn't say the what they wanted him to say. No. I loved it. I he's a weasel. I oh, actually weasel. think that that is. I think there's a documentary maybe coming out about it because it shows him in the. In the car, and he like takes like some pill after that interaction. Yeah, I saw saying. a video the other day about breaking what's going on right now, and blah blah in the world. The Republicans are doing this, blah 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 blah. And look, it's fucking summertime. I'm like, uh, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I can't. Do, how much did he make? He made. He's made uh, millions. An ungodly amount of money off of these. Do uh, you do you remember when Obama come out and said how much money is enough money? Yep. When he was bitching about you didn't build this, That's we right? Did you that. didn't build how this. Much, how much money? Well, how much fucking money? money do the Democrats do? Because they're exactly. the ones that are freaking greedy as shit. Exactly. I saw that uh, BLM had millions of dollars in that SVB bank. Yeah. That went under. That's probably why we're bailing it out. Probably. Oh, though they so. had billions in that bank that went down in California. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, well, they're going to get all their money back because the tax. Me and you're paying for it. That, that is that is it's the biggest bunch of shit. Oh, There's a sign at every deal. Ever since I've been a little kid. There used to be a sign that says FDIC at every bank you go to. Yeah. And every one of them says, we'll hold your deposit. It used to be $50,000. Now mm-hmm. it's a quarter of a million dollars. quarter of a million. Yeah. I don't have $250,000 in the bank, so right. they do me no good anyways. Right, right. But if I had 3 or $4 million in the bank, I would have them in bonds or something like that right. or the stock market somewhere. I would not be – can you imagine so many people – uh, Roku had four hundred and eighty million dollars in that banking cash. Right. Oh my word! Why? Why would you do that? I do. Not, I, I don't mean, understand. Does someone that works there not say, you know what? We I'd need rather at least bury a, it yeah. somewhere in a in a pipe or diversify it and put some over here. Yeah. Just, I mean, you don't put you don't, all your eggs in no, one basket. No, no, no. And then the people that ran that bank sold all their stocks. Oh my! They knew word. what they were doing. Oh sure. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely in the summer. But this this is it's an older video. It came out in November. We're just not seeing it. So they kept it all under wraps. So it probably happened last summer. Well, that's typical of keeping it under wraps, yeah. you know. Yeah. When when fifty years from now, kids are gonna call each other Fauci's. Used to be Benedict Arnold, yeah. traitor. Yeah. Somebody like Fauci is gonna be coming yeah. up there because he's he's gonna go down in history. Yeah. Oh yeah. One of the biggest pieces of shit that ever to break. Yeah. Jeff thinks that they're gonna turn on him. Do you think that they're gonna turn on him? Because Jeff Jeff's just said that uh, they're gonna kick Fauci to the curb and they're gonna get Biden out of the way. Before twenty twenty four, yeah, I believe that's oh, coming. Kick, kick Biden out. Yes. And I think Fauci's going to be a scapegoat. The fall uh-huh. guy. I think he's going to be the fall guy. All. And I, I think they, I think they're going to come up and say, yes, you know what, Biden, 
is incompetent. He needs to go, and we need. But Gavin how are they going to do that? Because that's going to erase They're everything from the Twenty Fifth Amendment. I, you think the yeah. Democrats will? Yeah, I think if they but want him out, who are they going to run? There's Gavin no, Newsom. No. Oh yes. my word! Oh my he word! Stand a Mark my word. Oh Gavin my word! Newsom. Gavin Newsom. The chick. He's with the, to give, uh, the chick with the penis, or Gavin Newsom. Are there two people that are going to run? Gavin Newsom is running a, a state that is is absolutely trashed out. And how can he have any argument that he would be a, be a, right. a reasonable, a good president? For the first time, first of all, I'm how, with how you. Have a fight. I'm with you, but they don't care about that. Look at they—they they got an incompetent man that shits in his pants. Yeah. that they ran. Look at this way. Go back to the date when Gay Pete bailed out, mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders bailed out, mm-hmm. Pocahontas bailed out, mm-hmm. and someone else bailed out the same day. Every one of them. Got something for doing cabinet it. position yeah. or some or or got something stroke, given to their state or whatever. Yeah, but they all bailed out one time because Biden was going to lose Super Tuesday. He was done. Who was he, he going to lose finished. it to? Bernie. Uh, it, it, they were going. They were going to keep splitting the vote over and over and over. And they they said, "Listen, we can't do this. We need to get all behind this guy, Pete. If you'll bail out." We'll put you. We'll, energy you're you're going to be the transportation, transportation. secretary, oh boy, and you'll be good. set for rest and life. The guy knows a lot about transportation because he's been rear-ended more than any man <laughs> in politics. <laughs> I was wondering where he was going with that. <laughs> but, but they 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 got him out on part. He left. Yeah. All of them left. It was all a ploy because Biden they could control. He was their puppet. Yeah. You know, Kamala is a di- di- total dipshit. Oh, she is but a dip now. They don't want him to die or something happened to Biden. Because if Kamala comes in, she's too stupid. They will be able to talk her into a corner. That's exactly what I've told people. What if happened to Biden? You know, can you imagine Kamala Harris being in there? I said, hell, she won't do anything. She's too stupid to do yeah. anything. She can't talk. <laughs> but, she but just giggles. They'll, 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 she'll have to talk. See, Biden, they got no, him. No, they with, won't. Because Biden hadn't had to talk. He can't, For two and he, a half years, he he's been shielded by yeah, the media. That's right. She, she doesn't have the ability to not re- respond to a reporter. He's like a robot. They got him doped up yeah. and shit. I feel he bad goes for him. He, he, I do too. He yeah. did some uh, interview. That, or he just, just the way that he looks when people are asking him, he's got his oh, mouth sure. just wide open. It's I know like, it. You go to any old age home and that's exactly the response you're going to get. You know from what? Most I told, I told Slenda last night we were watching Fox news and they, they showed uh, um, a news person asking Biden a question. And, and he was like, yeah, what did you say? And way I told out. Slenda, I said, you know, I hate to say this, about elderly people because I'll be one of these days mm-hmm. if I live long enough. But I said, he looked just like my mother in the last of her days at, at the rest home. Yeah. yeah. They're old and confused. Yeah. yeah. Confused. They're just totally confused. Yes. And now he's, and he's, you know, there's no telling what they're pumping him full of. I mean, yeah. do, they're doping him up so that he can even, hell, he trips going up the stairs yes. to Air Force One most of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's elderly abuse. It's all it, it is. is. It is. And they don't care. The no. liberals don't care. He's a pawn. And so that's why they'll run Gavin Newsom. And the media is going to love him. He's from California. He's one of their guys. And California comes with 54 electoral votes. I think he'll be easy to beat. Because I for the think first he time, will too. California has lost people. I mean, it was a mass exodus after COVID. Yeah. People were leaving California. California is, is not a model state. No. I mean, they are a model state. Of ruin. Are y'all talking about a fair election or one like we had before? Oh, well, I'm talking about fair election. Well, that, that, see, that's the difference, too. It don't matter who they run up there. They can run Mickey Mouse. If you're going to stop the votes and this get everything is, this you need is covered. What, what, I, what really aggravates me about that is that that voting issue is that why doesn't the Congress, the Senate, you know, the House, 
Why don't they do something about this voting stuff? Because they don't want to. This is insane. But they this don't is want not. To. This is not America. No. But they don't care. I mean, the 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 uh, the good a good conservative will never win again. You're right. Did you never? See, did you see Lindsey Graham tell that guy to shut up at that press conference? No. Yeah, Lindsey Graham is getting questioned. He's talking about Ukraine. Uh-huh. Putin is stealing children from Ukraine and taking them to Russia. And someone in the back says something. And someone else says something, but he'll shut up. If you want to talk, you run for office. He's a prick. He's a deep stater. And that's I, the I problem. Know he is. I Those, know he is. They, I agree they, totally. They wanted Georgia to law. They wanted Georgia to go to the Democrats. Because if the Senate was controlled by the Republicans and the House, they might actually have to do something. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to have to do something. He and Mitch McConnell. They're, yeah, they're right. They're knee-deep in all that. Every one of them is in it. And that's why they don't do nothing about voter deal. Because they know if we have a fair election. First of all, if we have a fair election and you only let American citizens vote, which should be, mm-hmm. Donald Trump probably gets 80% of the vote. I agree. Those people in the big cities, they've had enough of this shit. If yeah. you got a true, honest to God, yeah. we're only going to vote on Tuesday. We're not doing We're not doing ballot harvesting. We're not yeah. doing this. You're going to vote the way it was intended gonna to be do. going to be counted that day. Yep. Each man like and Florida each vote. Did. If yep. they can figure out who won American Idol in 30 minutes, they can figure out who the hell won our presidential deal. Yep. One vote. Yep. What was it that Mitch McConnell, something was leaked not too long ago, Mitch McConnell was like, "Oh, this is just the worst thing." It was just recently. It was a week oh, or two it was ago. the um, January sixth shit. The videos, yeah, the videos. The Tucker why, Carlson. Why don't you want people to see them? Yeah, Let exactly. everybody make their own. I don't exactly. understand what this is. If 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 we're a cop shoots a guy, the best thing they can do is to release that video immediately. Uh-huh. I'm telling you right now, yeah. if a shooting happens in Albuquerque, New Mexico today, and a cop shoots a guy. And they're, oh, he's unarmed, blah, blah, blah. No, he wasn't. And you show that video because 99% of the times the cop is in the right anyways. Yep. Release it that as soon as it happens, Absolutely. get it out. And then people can say, oh, well, never mind. There's a narrative to this. I he agree. didn't do nothing wrong. Yep. But they don't do that shit. Nope. January 6th is the same way. You should have flooded all that out. Let people in America, we're smart enough. I tell you right now, if a Republican does something wrong, throw him under the bus. I don't have a problem Absolutely. with that. Absolutely. You know? So Absolutely. Right's right and wrong's wrong. That's right. It's it's black and white. It's a I don't know. It's a weird time, and I've got young. Well, kids it's and sad. It's sad. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I mean, I'm 72 years old, and it's just like I can't believe it's happening in America. It's just it's getting worse and worse all my, the time. And, and we we are so fortunate because we're shielded by a lot of this shit. We are. We when I go to a big city and I see stuff, me and Michelle I'm ready to get out of the big city me, whenever I go. Me and Michelle were. Uh, we go to the same places all the time, mm-hmm. and we go. Michelle likes freaking pretzels. She she goes to the pretzel <laughs> shop in Dallas. She loves it. So we go there every time, and every time we leave, and in the same conversation from the tr- from the pretzel place to the car is, how do these places survive with these dumb kids working in here? They yeah. have no work ethic. We go in there one time. They don't have hardly any pretzels. And Michelle mm-hmm. goes, "Are y'all going to make some pretzels? We don't know." Listen, dipshit, you're making ten bucks a freaking hour, fifteen dollars an hour, and the only way that guy can afford to pay you is if he sells shit. Uh-huh. So get off your fucking phones and go over and put some pretzels in the oven. It's not that hard, you know, but they just, there's no motivation. Yeah. And these young kids, and I'm yeah. thinking, how do these businesses make it? Yeah. We're the same here. It's hard to hire a high school kid that works isn't anymore. It, isn't it? Well, that's, that's one of the reasons that Celinda had to close her store. She couldn't find anybody to work. No, they, yeah. they want to get paid. Yeah. And we were fortunate. The last couple of high school kids I've had have done a really good job. Yeah. But, um, Luke that works they weren't for this just year. knocking on. They weren't knocking down our door, fighting for a job. Like no. it's one or yeah. two kids a year. Yes, yeah. and they're and and they used to have 
But when I first got business 30 years ago, we had a high school kid, one or two, that worked for us every hunting season. Yeah. And I would have 10 of them call me. Right. Yeah. Every year. And then when what's, you know, Michael McGoy was the first one I had. Him and Anthony Ainsworth, and both were really good hands. Mm-hmm. Michael McGoy may be one of the best kid that ever worked for me as a yeah. worker. Yeah. And he's that way as an adult. His dad was a worker. His grandpa mm-hmm. was a worker. And his son worked for me this year. And his son done a really good job. Mm-hmm. But when Michael would go up, went off to college, I have 15 kids. Well, Michael's going off school. Are you going to need me? That, can, can you give me his job? You can't beg a kid hardly to go to work now. Yeah. Yes. You know, parents, I just don't want him to have to work. I don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's great. Peyton makes his uh, makes his kids all of his kids work except for the course the little girl, but um, but his daughter and uh, she just turned sixteen, and uh, and uh, Tristan, he's going to be a junior next year. And uh, I mean, they work. They go out. They feed every afternoon. They feed the the horses, the country cattle. kids, country kids. They Try- they they get with the program. Well, I got bad news for a lot of these people. Like when you get your family of your own, like. You still got to feed them at night. Yep. You've worked all day. You've done your whole thing. Like you still got to feed your family at night, yep. whether you're tired yep. or sick or hungover or whatever yep. ailment you've got. Yep. Like there, there's gonna come a time where you've got to kind of pull yourself up by your own bootstraps right. to make sure that your family is taken care of. That's right. And if you, the thing is, I can when you have small children, you can put pressure on them in a safe environment to where if they fail not life or death yeah yeah if you've got two kids of your own and you're failing well like now it's a different story whereas a lot of these lumps you could have ironed out when they were 15 or 16 by just putting a little bit of a little bit of pressure on them absolutely absolutely and do it when they're at home when it's okay give them them responsibility yeah it's it's not life or death if they kind of fall flat on their face yeah yeah work some of these things out when you've got control of them yes i agree but we're just putting all these people into the world that have never been under any sort of stress yeah and then uh you know whenever their starbucks is messed up well that's when they go off the handle because just this little bit of stress it just flips their breakers yeah, yeah. i can remember uh back in the 50s when we got about oh nine or ten years old if we could if we could throw the saddle on our horse we started working and yep. of course you, you wouldn't required to do, you know, like, you know, try to wrestle yearling down, but you help brand, you help vaccinate, you castrated, you earmarked. I mean, that was, you know, all summer long you worked and I still have a, I have a piece of paper, uh, a little notes that I'd kept from the sixties where I got a raise from $2 to $4 a day. <laughs> and <laughs> I got a raise $2 from two to $4 a day. You Making know? a hand though. Making yeah, making a hand. But we don't have that today hardly at all. Yeah. Like uh, the grocery store in Knox City. First of all, wears me out. Why the hell don't stores have sackers anymore? Oh, I know. I, I just know. I don't. I, I don't mean, know. even at Knox City, they used to have a yeah. sacker. Well, I was at I was at uh, yesterday at uh, Sam's. There's only two checkers. Oh, that wears me out. Two checkers, and I mean, people lined up, and I'm going, "Where's all the checkers?" The guy next to me said, "They're just trying to save money, I guess." I I won't go to Walmart or Sam's no more at all. And I used to love Sam's. Ollie Hush. But I, I will not yeah. I won't spend a dime on a Walmart. Yeah. Remember wow. when a Walmart used to be American made? Mm-hmm. Everything that was their motto. Before you were ever American alive, made. their motto was made in America. Yeah. Everything yeah. in a Walmart was made in America. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now it's everything nothing's made in America is what they should yeah. their motto is. I just don't I can't stand fucking Walmart. Yeah. I just will not spend Sam a dime Walton's in a great Sam Walton is, is Sam Walton would be embarrassed at what his what's yeah. become of his yeah. Business. Yeah. I'm gonna beat him. Ollie. Go go lay down. <laughs> He's a great uh 
<laughs> Sam Walton's a great success story. Sam oh, Walton is. is. Yeah, and his kids own Major League Baseball, ah. NFL franchises, and everything else because yeah. of him. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not a uh, I'm not a a Walmart. And yeah. I'm sure their their analytics say we're making more money because we don't have to pay for checkers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, my deal with Sam's happened a long time ago. I yeah. I like going to Sam's. Yeah. I do cuz I buy shit I don't need and I buy a bunch of it. Yeah. You know, you don't ever yeah. buy just a little thing of yeah. it. Everybody needs a case of zest, zest crackers or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's big in homes. Oh, okay. So, uh, but we went there. We used to go there and I used to get stuff for the lodge and we'd buy stuff we'd like I said we don't need. Then they would make me have to stop at the door and show the lady my receipt. Oh yeah, Listen, yeah, yeah. If you don't want to sack my freaking groceries, yeah. don't stop me at the deal to make sure I have everything on there. They, I, they, I don't like that. That that wears me out. And so I just keep walking. And sir, 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 and I give it to her. And I just keep walking. She's walking to the deal trying to count. You know, and they put that. Yeah. Uh, it pisses me off every time. <laughs> and that just if you don't trust me, you yeah. have someone over there to check me out. Well, they checked you out. You ought to be. You know, when yeah. you're when you're leaving, you, that's it should be right. right. I'm having to put my shit in boxes because you don't have sacks here. Yeah. yeah, and then you want to make sure I check everything. Yeah. One time, the lady stopped me. I made her go through everything. We had like 183 items. I said, oh. "No, I want you to mark off every damn thing." But she was like, "Jeff, said, no, screw it. They want to do this shit. Everything. You check everything off and that she list." Did? Oh yeah, she was pissed. <laughs> I made her. I was like, "No, man. Whoa, 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 whoa." There's 16 of them. You count them. Make sure I got 16 of them. I was an ass. But it just pisses me off, you know? Yesterday, they did it real quickly. They just kind of glanced at it and they checked yeah. me out, you know? But, oh, it, it, what, she pissed me off. She stopped me finally. Because I do. I just keep walking. Sir, 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 sir. You, yeah. You can walk me all the way to the car and count that shit. I've paid for this shit. I'm walking the door. I didn't steal nothing, you know? I'm not going to fuck my life up yeah. by stealing a case of Snickers. Yeah, just ain't right, happening. right. I mean, right, there's just nothing there to take. I agree. I and agree. Uh, I don't like self-checkouts. It's yeah, well, I don't ass. know how to use them. Selena uses them. I, I just can't. I mean, I'm just one of those guys. I'm just in another other time, you know, earlier time. I'm just, I just don't, don't, um, I just don't get along very well with that kind of stuff. I, I, I hate self-checkouts. Every bit of self-checkouts I hate. If you, yeah. if, if, and, and I don't understand. And it's funny. We, went, we was in Puerto Rico last year, and we went to Walmart in Puerto Rico. Had to go buy groceries, and they had a mm-hmm. super Walmart there. Well, you know what you're getting. I didn't mm-hmm. know about going to a Puerto Rican grocery store, which we went later to, and I really enjoyed it. We always went to Walmart. Every check station had a checker. Every station. Every station had a checker. There wasn't no huge lines, you know, like but, yeah. you know, 50 yep. people deep. It didn't take very long at all. The only thing <clears> that was <throat> different was they didn't have sacks. No sacks at all. You had to bring your own sack or they sold you a sack. Really? And I asked the guy, I said, do y'all, do y'all not have sacks here? He goes, oh, do you want to buy some? Well, yeah, I guess so. I got to take and get the shit out of the house. This. He goes, they're, they're, they're uh, 10 cents a piece. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I go, this probably needs at least 10. He goes, oh, that's at least 15 probably, sir, which we stocked up for a whole week of shit. Yeah. They were freaking heavy duty sacks like you used to have here in America. I was like, shit, you want to keep? Yeah, people, mm-hmm. took, people did. People Absolutely. kept them. Yeah. But it, and Michelle brought some home. She brought uh, some of them home, but they were good sacks. Yeah. But everybody worked in the store. The shelves were full. Mm-hmm. There was people there. And I told him, I said, you can't find this shit in America. Nobody wants isn't to fucking that, work. that's sad? And he, he goes, I've heard sad. that. He goes, everybody here wants to work. Yeah, because if you don't work, you're starve. Golly, that's sad. Did this area ever have like a butcher shop or anything? I'm sorry? Did this area ever have yeah, like a butcher uh, Butch shop? Yeah, Butch McCandless had a butcher shop at Benjamin. 
Really? Yeah. And like fresh meat every, or yeah, what he, would they do? They would just have a kill it, list? They'd cut it up there and he'd have, you know, if you wanted a steak, he'd cut you a steak up. See, I don't understand. I, to <clears> me, the business model is there, especially in a town, Abilene, Wichita Falls, Vernon, bigger towns, Stanford, mm-hmm. Texas even, and they have a butcher shop where they butcher a cow every day. Oh, yeah. Well, now Bush didn't do that. But now, you could do that in yeah. a bigger town and sell it all fresh hamburger now, meat. His his dad his dad had a had a slaughterhouse outside of Benjamin there, and that old building's still there. Really? Oh yeah, and he slaughtered his own beef, and he was a butcher. But you, it's, it's I don't I do not understand why. I don't know of one in Wichita, and I'm sure there probably was McCorder Meat Market used to be open. It's yeah. closed now, but yeah. you used to be able to go to a butcher shop and go in, and you could buy three pounds of. Of, of fresh hamburger meat yeah, and they, yeah. it come from that day and in those big cities especially the cow the prices of cows on the hoofers not is not real bad yeah compared to what you sell it to them on you'd make a ton of money yeah and i could. think it's back to the same thing government freaking regulations oh sure on everything you know it is. you gotta have a usda inspector over there to of check the cow and yeah. just i mean well like at the bar there benjamin here a while back you know there was a lady coming there and she was selling tortillas and what right. have you well here come here uh, come a Health an inspector. inspector in, you can't do that. So she had to move outside in the wind. I think a lot of that's from jealous restaurant owners, local that call in on them. Oh yeah, 100%. I, I believe that shit. Like the burrito shops in Wichita, in Knox City, we used to have three or four of them. Well, yeah. all of a sudden they get a health inspector come, <laughs> come in the middle and, of the day. They come and go. Listen, everybody that goes to buy a burrito from a little Mexican lady in Knox City is not expecting to go into stainless steel deal. We want. A burrito. Mm-hmm. We want sausage, egg, and cheese, or mm-hmm. bacon, egg, and cheese, treats, egg, and cheese with potatoes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we know it's greasy. Yeah, and they, that's the best tasting ones there is. Yeah, every but, time you eat one of them, it reduces your life by a year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what the, those oil field workers. That's what they want. Yeah, and they go every day to the place. They know what they're buying until until it finally catches up with it, them. It will. It, it will. One will. Day. Yep. One day it About will. About sixty years later. <laughs> Um, but I think butch, I think butcher, you know, that's going to be a lost art one day. Oh, sure. Is you sure. just, it's all going to be machine operated and sure. it, it was one thing that was passed down from father to son. Absolutely. And, yeah. But if you go to New York, but if you go to New York city, uh-huh. you can get that. Uh, they yeah, got butcher so. shops. They got markets. They got fresh markets. Yeah. They, they got a lot of people though. Yeah. But they still have them. They've carried on traditions for years and years and years and years. Yeah. The smaller towns, the Walmarts and stuff come in and knocked all them out. Yeah. People would rather save ten cents a pound by meat at Walmart. Well, I'd rather get pay you extra and get fresh. Yeah, true. You yeah. know, true. And, uh, Walmart detrimental to small towns. Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, it is. It, I mean, it's the, these smaller towns just can't compete. No, these smaller stores when, can't do it. Well, even in Wichita, well, I'll give you an example. Iowa Park, Texas, had the first Walmart, I believe, in that area. Iowa Park or Burke Burnett had one. Well, you know how many Walmarts are in Iowa Park and Burke Burnett now? No, none. They all moved to Wichita Falls. Oh, really? Yeah. People would drive 10 miles further and go to Wichita Falls. Yeah. But what they did is they went into Iowa Park and they built them. And they had a, a company goes in and builds them for them. And then they lease those buildings for 10 or 20 years. They had a Walmart in there. What happened in that 20 years? They ran all the local businesses out of businesses. I got All you. the mom and pops get out. Got then you. When, instead of building a new one in Iowa Park, they build it in Wichita Falls. Quite a business plan there. Yeah. yeah. Burke Burnett, same way. They closed the one in Burke Burnett. I think it's in Osborne's now or something. Yeah. They, what they do, they opened up one out by Shepherd. They built a new super center there. Wow. You know, people drive eight more miles. They call yep. the tax dollars, yeah. put it in Wichita Falls instead of Burke Burnett. Things have really changed since I was a kid. Well, we had what? We had two, let's see, in Benjamin back in the 60s, late 50s, 60s, we had, 
if I can remember right, seven, seven filling stations. Wow. People used a lot of gas back in the day, I'm telling you. And we had two grocery, two at least two grocery stores. We had Butch McCandless's and W.T. Cartwright's. And then real early, there was another one. I believe the Hamilton had a, had a grocery store there where the, where the uh, post office is now. And so I know we had two grocery stores for a while and possibly three really early on. What was your population then? 600 people? Uh, f- about f- four or 500, yeah, four or 500. But people shopped all the time because they didn't have storage at yes. their house. Yes. So they would shop every day? Yeah. yeah. And get what they were going to need? And get what you needed, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have yeah. big refrigerators and yeah. nobody had deep freezes back then yeah. at all. Yeah, Of course, out there on the ranch, you know, I mean, we, we had, had a deep freeze because we'd get ranch that furnished us with beef and we'd have to put a beef in that refrigerator. But uh, a lot of people didn't. And it was ice boxes back in the day. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because I remember W.T. Cartwright uh, had an ice house right there where the War Memorial is now. And we'd go by there with our horses in a trailer on a hot summer day, and Daddy would buy a big chunk of ice and pop, you know, cut it up and put it in a, one of those uh, big steel water cans. We'd have ice water for the rest of the day. <laughs> Kids today have no idea what an ice pick is. No. Uh-uh. Have you ever had one? Uh-uh. I don't know that I've ever. I mean, I have know you ever seen is. one? Yeah, but you've never. I don't know that I've ever had a need for it to use yeah. one. Oh, I remember I'm, using some. Oh, I've sometimes. used them a bunch. Yeah, I get so pissed off when I come in this kitchen. We got seven refrigerators, and by about July we're out of ice because I have trainums comes out and they fill up our box yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, May and June we don't have nobody here, and so we get down to nothing. And I'll order, and I bought some ice trays yeah, to make yeah, ice yeah. and I'll go in there and there'll be freaking one or two cubes left the fuckers will just take them out there and I they know, won't, it won't fill oh, them back it pisses up pisses me yeah. off not yeah. me Jeff I don't use ice <laughs> I don't have I don't know how you drink without ice you know they had ice back Get in the plantation drink. days back yeah. in the days like Salt in milk. New Orleans uh-huh. and they would they would go up to I, I read a deal the in Tennessee in the is where they've done a lot of ice they'd cut a lot of ice out of those lakes up there uh-huh. and then they would transport them in the winter time to these plantations and stuff, and they put sawdust on them. Really? Mm-hmm. Put sawdust on. And that would that would help, and they'd yeah. stack them, you know, 16 yeah. foot deep or something, these big old deals, ice houses, oh, and they would were. cut out blocks. Yeah. Going through chain, yeah. Well, they'd have chainsaw then, they'd have, but they'd cut blocks yeah. out of them, and people yeah. would go buy their ice that way. I know on the J.A. Ranch, when I was photographing uh, uh, one of my books, I was photographing the, inter- the uh, interiors of the, of the uh, house, and the main house, and it, it was part of it was the old original JAs, and they had a they had a spring that ran underneath in the basement, and that's where they kept their meat and stuff, it, and uh, and milk. They keep it in that that cool spring water. I'll be dang. Yeah. How deep down was it? Oh, I don't remember now. That's been years ago, but I remember that, that it, you could see where the water would come in, and they'd keep their milk and stuff, and. Down there where it wouldn't spoil. Different world, man. Those people. Oh yeah, it, it, they get. They knew how to get around. When was the the big house built on the four sixes? You know what? I'm I'm not sure. What is it like on the inside? It's. It uh, I don't modern? know what it is now. All I know is when I when Ann had it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a uh, it was very nice. Uh, the living area was most impressive. Now I only went upstairs one time, and that's after it sold to photograph it. And the word was that no one was ever allowed upstairs um, unless you were, like, part of the family or something. And I remember there were pictures of Quanta Parker and Burke Burning on the wall, and I photographed all that. Uh, downstairs, there was a big fireplace, and there was two elephant tusks and holders. That was a 60s thing. Yeah, it was on either side of it. And I remember Ann standing there 
And I said, Ann, what'd you shoot those elephants with? And she said, a 470 double. And I said, well, did it kick you? <laughs> and she said, I really, she said, I really don't remember. And, uh, and so I think she was, it was in the sixties when she shot that elephant. What and was, what was she like as a, as a person? She was a, she was a very reticent woman, real, uh, quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, she knew what she wanted and you, you needed to get it done. If she, if she said, get, do this, well, you, you, you made sure and, and make sure it was finished. I remember whenever they invited me to the big house to, uh, talk about doing that book she was she met me at the door and actually uh shonda gibson met me at the door and then ann came up she had riding britches on and everything she said come into the study and i sit down and i was kind of like here i am <laughs> sitting in front of royalty you know and she leaned over and she said okay well I'm, this is what i want a b c d e f g can you do it and i said yes ma'am i can and she said uh when can you get started and i said immediately she said that'll be fine and she said, uh, what will this cost? And I said, well, I'll need to get with the press because that's when I was still working with the press, tech press. And she said, okay, you find out what it'll cost and you get it back to me. And uh, and then she said, well, let's go have lunch. And walked in the in the, in the, the uh, dining room and there's a big, long table, huge, long table made out of one tree, big, wide thing. I don't know what kind of tree it was, but, I mean, it's just beautiful. And all the cowboys were lined up, you know, they were sitting down there eating. And she said, you sit down beside me. And I said, yes, ma'am. So she ate with the cowboys every day? No. That was just that day she did. That day. So usually, day. Like the Wagner, <laughs> we went, back when I was a kid, we used to get a hunt on the Wagner every yeah. year. Mm -hmm. And we got to go, We that was one of my favorite parts of the deal was going to eat at the cookhouse there, yeah. the shack, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. You go in there in the morning and you have any kind of egg you wanted. Yeah. And then at lunchtime yeah. they'd have something. And I always thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, when I was a kid... It was a, probably a pretty big deal. Looking back now, and you've yeah. been there. They're probably not the cookhouse was probably not real big at the Wagner. But when I was a no, kid, it was a big. No. You know, when you're yeah, a kid, yeah. you remember yeah. things. I only ate different. at the cookhouse to Wagner one on one occasion. The rest of the time, I ate around the wagon. You know, with the wagon. And I remember the first time I ever ate at the wagon was in the fifties. And uh, and I still recall. I don't know why, but Daddy said we're going to the Wagners today to eat at, at Chuck Wagon. And I, you know, I was probably seven years old. You did the old back way through Gillen, didn't you? Uh, I don't recall where. I think I think it was uh, in that pasture called Comanche, I believe, and uh, which is near that big field. That oh, big by the big field. Yeah. wheat field. Yep. And Been I remember there. pulling up there, and then all of a sudden the cowboys come up in a bobtail truck. All the cowboys were riding the back of it, and they all bailed out with their leggings and spurs on. And I was kind of timid, you know, and I kind of backed off. I remember when the little cowboy said, get in line, boy, and get you a plate. I got in line, got me a plate, and got the hell out of there, out of the way. <laughs> did uh, did Miss Ann, she didn't have any kids, did she? She had one daughter. One daughter. She was the only daughter. Her mother was the only daughter. Well, that'd be a good family one, to one, marry one, into. One, one, and one. Yep. That would have been a good wife. What yeah, uh, sure. Once she kind of relaxed, or was she just kind of always this stern, always straightforward? Always very stern. Um, I remember she called me one time. Twice to fly uh, to Montana to shoot her ranch in Montana. She had, I don't know, I forgot, it was 20,000 acres, I think. And she, I was going to the Big Bend and I uh, had my bag phone back then. And she called and she said, Wyman? I said, yeah. I didn't know who it was. She said, this is Ann. I went, oh, 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 Ann. How are you, Ann? <laughs> you know, 
you didn't you didn't you just talk to Ann normal. Right. It was like very respectful. Yes. And she said, "Yes, I would like for you to uh, be in Montana and photograph my ranch for me." And I said, "Yes, ma'am." I said, "I'm in I'm in West Texas right now, but I'll be home on Monday." She said, "That'll be fine. The plane will pick you up in Guthrie on Tuesday." I got Tuesday. I was there, and that big jet landed and picked me up, my and Selinda, and we flew to Sulphur, Sulphur Springs, I believe, Montana, Sulphur River, Montana, or Sulphur, Montana, something. And uh, she had a, a ranch there on the Sulphur River, and uh, she did that twice and flew me out there. That you know, Fort Worth. Oh, I can tell you something else. Go ahead. Being the lady she was, you know, she was used to you know always being waited on all the time. That first time out there. She picked us up at the headquarters, took us around the ranch herself, had a picnic, had the food, picked and cleaned up. As we lay down to have a nap, she cleaned up. It was really uh, she was just like a mother. That's but crazy. She did not cross that woman. You know, she <laughs> did not cross that. She'll woman. cut you. She will cut you bad. Fort Worth. You know, is it Parker Taylor Sheridan? What's the guy's name? Taylor Sheridan. Taylor. He needs to make a movie called Fort Worth. I think about he is. Yeah. He is, I think. <laughs> is with, he? Maybe. With uh, Billy Bob Thornton. About about Fort Worth? I he is so be- prolific. I don't he, know how I he does it. I believe so. He, he needs to do a Fort Worth show because yeah. Fort Worth was an, was a was a very interesting place. Dallas is California. Yeah, Austin is right, California. Right. Fort Worth is Texas. Yeah, yeah. And Miss Ann, the Basses, mm-hmm. all those people that are Fort Worth people, Mm-hmm. Fort Worth used to be – people tell me now that living in Fort Worth that it's changed. It's getting horrible. It's just another big that. city that, like I've anything else. That. But it was the last big conservative city in America yeah. that still you could go down to the oil and gas building and all the big players were there, mm-hmm. and they were all about Fort Worth, and they all fought alike, and people, mm-hmm. it was just a different world yeah. than Dallas. Exactly. Now there's not no difference between the two, really. That's too bad. It is. That's too bad. i got to be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Where are you going to be at there? At the Cattle Raiders Convention. And man, Bat, yeah, old man, Fort Worth. Yeah, man, the booth there or Middleton. Uh, oh, okay, there, so. okay, yeah. But it do they still the, drive uh, the cattle down the road. They, I don't know. They used to drive cattle know. every yeah. day right yeah. through town. Yeah, it was the 1883 show. There's a oh. scene. Billy Bob Thornton. He he plays uh, Jim Courtright. Uh, anyway, he's a Tarrant County deputy, Fort Worth, 1876 to 1879, and. Uh, but anyway, basically, Billy Bob is walking around, and he says, "You know, if you want to, if you want to drink, get a drink. If you want to dance with the girls, dance with the girls. But if you think you're going to be a gunman in Fort Worth, think again, because I'm the only person that's basically going to pull a gun out in Fort Worth. But that's what that's right. what it, it's 1883, which is the spinoff to Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got to ask, what are you going to, because you, you made this post not too long ago. You, oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just, you've got 200,000 images. Yeah, in one, in one in file. In one little file. In one folder, yeah. Like, what's going to happen to all this? I don't, I don't know. You uh, could have a book just on your coals, almost. I know, but I tell you what, I am so tired doing books. I am really tired. Right. I am so tired. I've done 30 books now, and I'm tired. Because, I mean, this is a gorgeous. Oh, it's a, amazing. I'm, I'm already, one guy's already ordered a a print of that. But I mean, you've got to just have hundreds oh. of thousands of stuff that are I can similar quality. I'll, I'll go for days and not, not, not post anything. I think, okay, it's time to do a post. Cause I don't want to do a post every day. Right. You know, I don't want to just people who's finally you know, oh, another yeah. post, you know? Right. So I'll go four or five days without making a post. 
I got to feel, I got to feel a post before, sure. I, before I, I do it because I want to write something that's meaningful about that post. And I was just flipping through my photographs and I, actually I was downloading them to another hard drive because my, my backup hard drive had, had petered out. It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't come up on the computer. It just wouldn't show up. It was alive, but it wouldn't show up. Right. And that company had gone out, Drobo. And uh, they're like 20 terabytes. And I found out that, that now then, uh, 20 terabytes doesn't cost as much as it did when I bought the Drobos. Right. Drobos were real expensive. 20 terabytes Seagate is, you know, 500 bucks, which is not not expensive at all for 20 terabytes. Of, I have of no space. idea what a terabyte this is, even uh, is. That's this a is, lot of photographs. This is one terabyte. And it's I don't know eighty bucks seventy five bucks or something yeah, like that yeah yeah so and, and I think I can get so most of our pod uh, most of our podcasts are about an hour long and I think I can get about twenty to twenty five yeah on yeah. there but video takes up a lot of yeah oh sure a lot of storage well I, I was just go, going through and and I found that and I went man that'll make, that'll make a that'll make a good post but and I that, remember that day because so vividly because. My Canon F1N, which none of them ever quit on me except for that one, but it started sounding weird, like it was wheezing, like mm-hmm. like it was taking its last breath, and like like a like a one twenty fifth of a second went, and I went, oh, something bad's <laughs> happening here, and luckily I had you know a couple more F1Ns with me, but that was one of the last pictures I took with that camera before it died. All right, I'm going to ask a question that everybody else wants to know. <clears throat> We're sponsored by all of our, you know, all of our mm-hmm. equipment stuff. Mm-hmm. We get basically mm-hmm. sent to us now. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 do a lot of social media. They yeah. get a lot of exposure for them. Do these companies give you cameras? Nope. Uh, they, uh, my uh, Canon, the Canon rep has given me a co- uh, one lens and one camera, but he just kind of did it. He just kind of did it under the cover deal. Uh, yeah. So I, I was wondering about that because someone like you, if I was Canyon, I'd be like, you know, we are the proud right. they equipment that Wyman Menzer uses. Do they don't care. They won't do it. No. That's crazy. You would figure you'd they get won't. whatever you want. I know. How much equipment do you like to take? Like if you're going to go out and shoot, how much? Like I'm sure you have backups to backups. Yeah. Uh, I usually, if I'm on a, on a really tough shoot, say one that's going to be several days long, you know, I'll take three cameras with me. I'll take a couple of uh, 5D uh, SRs. And I'll take a, a Mark III, and I'll take a 1DX for a fast stuff. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and 1DX always has a 100 to 400 millimeter lens on it all the time. It's got its own case, and with it, it's got a, a 7, uh, 20, uh, 24 to 105. And then on the camera, it's got the 100 to 400. So I got, I've got got covered, the gauntlet covered. Mm-hmm. I can pick up at one case. But if I'm going to go and really do a, a heavy shoot, say, for several days, I may have to go up to Arizona. Uh, next month for like a week and shoot in northwestern Arizona, the biggest ranch in Arizona, and shoot a shoot some advertising stuff. In which case, I'll carry I'll carry uh, you know I'd say a, um, a seventeen tilt shift twenty to thirty five, the the uh, twenty four to one hundred five, that seventy to two hundred, the one DX with the one hundred to four hundred. Do, do uh, you hate carrying all this stuff? Yeah, I, I do. mean it's hard on I your equipment. I hate the hell out of it. I, I hate mean, the hell out of it. You are about ready to retire. I, and and I, I'll carry drone. I'll carry a couple of drones with me. Right. And I'll probably have to ship those because I'm not going to carry those on the plane. But you, oh shit! I didn't even think about flying yeah. with that. I mean, so and you I'll, see the way they handle yeah. your luggage. How'd your luggage? Baggage. How'd your luggage do? Andy got five I, days the other day with that luggage. Think, I don't yeah, think I told. Work. Um, I'll FedEx mine. Oh, that's you a, do. That's what and we have a lot of clients that do that. 
Yeah. They send their shit here now. Yeah. Whole lot better deal with the airplane. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, I was going to go to a bachelor party in Deadwood, South Dakota in February. Well, it's still snowing in February. Mm-hmm. Hate to tell you, and, you know, Deadwood's a, snow, a snowy place. Yeah. So that blizzard had moved through the one that we had late February. So I was, I was scheduled to fly from DFW to Minneapolis to Rapid City, South Dakota. I get to Seymour and my wife calls me. You know, there's no service in that yeah. little bitty stretch. My wife calls me and she said, hey, your flight from Minneapolis to Rapid City is canceled. So fuck, as I turn around, um, she's on the phone already because, once again, no service. She's trying to get me to this bachelor party. And she said, okay, so I've got you another flight. It's going to go Dallas to Denver to Rapid City. It leaves at 4 o'clock. So I leave here at noon or something like that. Get to Dallas. Plane goes to D, and I did not want to check my bag. I, w- I had a small bag. I'm mm-hmm. only going to be there a couple days. I'll yeah. make it work. Did not want to check my bag. Um, they go through halfway through the first group of boarding. They said, "Okay, we've only got room in overhead storage for eight more bags. The rest of you are checking your bag at the oh, counter." Oh my word! Great. So. I go to board the plane. Of course, I'm the last group to board. And they said, okay, we're going to need to check that bag. And I said, well, where's it going to be? Because I've got a layover in Denver. Is it going to be in Denver? Is it going to be in Rapid City? Said, no, it's going to be in Rapid City. So I said, okay. Land in Denver, turn my phone back on, and I first text message I get, your flight from Denver to Rapid City has been canceled. Oh, my word. So I'm in Denver, and it's one degree outside. I hate Denver Airport. It's huge. It's massive. I hate it. Can't get around anywhere. So I'm like, and you know, they're just, you walk outside and you just see that ticker and it's just canceled, delayed, delayed, delayed to canceled. And like, it's just a cascading effect. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? Like, I got to get home. Jeff's going to come pick you up if he has to. Luckily, (laughs) my my wife had got the text message an hour before I did. So she's trying. So I call her and she said, this is Wednesday. She said the latest, the earliest I can get you to Rapid City is Friday sometime. Oh, it might be morning, might be evening. You know, I come back home on Sunday. Well, yeah. I said, screw it. Get me home. Yeah. Just get me home. I don't yeah. care what you have. To, I don't care what time the flight is. So she said, okay, your plane leaves uh, in two hours. You'll be back in Dallas. Problem is my bag was checked. I don't have my bag anymore. Oh my word. So the customer service line is a mile long because yeah. everybody's in a similar position. So I'm like, well, shit, maybe my bag's in luggage claim. So I go down to baggage claim. You know how Denver is. You got to catch two uh-huh. trains to get to the baggage claim. Right. It's not just you hop in. Right. Of course, my bag's not there. They said, well, if you made other arrangements, your bag will follow you to Dallas. Well, it didn't, of course. So they mm-hmm. lost my luggage for a week. We went to Mexico. We were going to go to Mexico five days after I got back home. My bag got back to me the day before we left. Really? But I mean, I couldn't imagine like you on a photo shoot having everything you need there, mm. and then them lose your no, your stuff. No, no, it's, I, I try, I try to minimize. Used to when I would go on a photo shoot back in the eighties, man, I took I took everything on the plane with me. Yeah, I mean, I carried seventy pounds of camera gear. Mm-hmm. It was horrible, and of course, I was thirty something years old right. back then. And so now I really try to pare everything down to where it's just bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. And so, but but with the drones, I'm if I do make this shoot in Arizona, I'll have to I'm going to ship those FedEx because I'm not going to take any chances because right. it's going to be drone country. Mm-hmm. It'll be mountains, it'll be canyons, and I want to work the drone and that stuff. Do you like doing the drone stuff? I love it. I love drones. Oh my word! 
Drones are my heroes. I mean, you can get this totally different. I mean, I view. can get I can get angle. Used to I used to have to fly myself and right. fly with the door off and try to, <laughs> you know, have the stick between my legs and and yaw the plane around. And you know, you're at eight hundred feet or even five hundred feet. And you go, man, if I stall out, I'm dead. You know, there's no pulling out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, the drone, man, I can sit over a mile away and I can just drop that thing right down. I I just love a drone. I've got three of them. I got two. Uh, Mavic Two Pros and the Classic Three mm-hmm. that they've come out with, and uh, would we buy? Wonderful! I can't remember. We got a Mavic we bought. I don't even. know But how it's to changed use it. the way that we do every because you know we can fly over oh. our decoy spread, and you know you can pick out flaws from the. Well, birds I'll tell you what's view. funny. I tell you, what I did this winter. There, there's a bunch of geese over on the uh, Benjamin Lake. Uh, no, on my brother's field. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'm going to go over there and just uh, and just do like a video of them. Well, of course, you know, you, you headed toward them, and, of course, they spot the old drone, right? and they take off. Well, they take off in the opposite direction, but then they turn, Bank. and they come right back to it. Yeah. And, I mean, they're just going, just like a bullet, right in your face. That would be cool. And so you stop. You stop the drone. You don't want it going forward because you know if you got it stopped, they're going to miss you. You'll see a wing go by the Right, the lens is yeah. far, but they're going to miss you. But if you're coming at them and they're coming at you, they're liable to hit you. And so I just stop it, and one of them shit all over my darn camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he plastered that drone so perfect. I got it back going. Oh my! I need to get Kleenex, water. <laughs> so you're going to be up by the Grand Canyon. I don't know exactly where this ranch is. I know it's seven hundred thousand acres. Damn! How long will that take? I'm supposed to be up there for if if it happens. I'm supposed to be up there for about a week, uh, and in May, and a week in August, and a week in December. It's got to be close to the Wagner. I mean, a Wagner. It's got to be close to the Grand Canyon. It, it may be. I know it's up in some rough mountain country. That's a cool area. That Flagstaff area. Dim- I believe it's called the Diamond A. So this picture is that water drinkable once the rain comes? I'm sure it is. Yep. You think it'd be mm-hmm. pretty fairly pure? Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, like you said in there, like that's no man's it's land. Just, it is no and man's I mean, land. The only thing that would bother you would be the mule deer. Really? Crapping. Oh, Might right. give you Girardia. Oof. But still, like. Yeah. I wonder if the Indians from, dealt with Girardia. I wonder if they were oh, used sure, to it. I'm sure that their body became accustomed to the, Cause, to uh, the bacteria. When we were in Mexico, you know, they always tell you don't drink the water in Mexico. Right. Evidently, the. Mexicans can drink that water yep. because their stomach has right. grown accustomed to handling that water. But yep. when the gringos come, like it's something in it that we're not. Absolutely. Used to. I've been to that little party yeah, <laughs> several times. <laughs> boy, whew, I got in my last little trip there. I think that's what I had. It's a bad day, too, boy. I'm telling you, see, and what I got mine is, is I had, I put, let them put ice in my Dr. Pepper. Right. And I wondered, like, they getting the ice from the same place water's coming from. That's right. Yeah. When you leave those resorts, but I think our issue was a resort issue. But when you leave them resorts, even in town, you know, I got a drink. I drank a, a soda with some ice on it, and mm-hmm. Jesse's like, "Are you not worried about that?" Yeah. Everybody's drinking pina coladas. Do you think that they think they're using right. different ice? Yeah, same yeah. ice. Yeah. Do you prefer pictures like the one that we just saw of the landscape, or like the the grander picture of the guy working the cow, the cattle? Oh, I, li- I like them all. You know, I'm 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 kind of a have an eclectic taste. Um, I'm not devoted to any one thing right if the if the light's right i get excited yeah i mean the it light was matter. perfect for that oh, i'm telling you it was why and i didn't have a didn't have a flare in the camera i mean everything was just right i think there might have been some haze over the sun 
It was dust is what it was. There's so many cattle, mm -hmm. and it was on the Borger 460s, and, I mean, everything just, just worked perfectly. Do, do you take pictures of all y'all's family functions? No. You don't do no, that like that? I because despise it. Because we so use your name all the time at our family functions because yeah. every time my wife starts wanting to take pictures, I'm it's like, God dang it, Wyman, quit taking everybody's picture. <laughs> so, well, I don't. <laughs> so you don't do that then? No. no I, sometimes Selinda will, will ask me if I, it'll be on the iPhone. I don't right. mind an iPhone. But I don't want to get my big cameras out. That's a hassle. They sit right there until until somebody hires me to. That's photograph. for work. That's for work. I'm one of those guys that that my cameras do not come out of hiding until the check. It's time. They right. offer the check. I love that picture. Right that there. picture the right there room. is absolutely a dynamite photograph to me. That is oh, a very good picture. I love the reflection. Okay. That was just had to be, I mean, everything was just perfect that day it, to get it, the, to get the reflection just so perfect. And it was in Rick's tank up there at his field. Uh, that's by the Benjamin Lake. Really? That old shallow tank. Uh -huh. Yep. That's yeah. a, that's a great picture. You know, there's, there's not a lot of people in the world that I think, you know, they need to make a movie about their life. You know, you mm -hmm. got your athletes and you got your celebrities and I got the, but you're an interesting guy. Have they <laughs> thought about <laughs> no. Taylor needs to come to you and do a movie on Wyman. That you would be an interesting uh, story to tell. Uh, I don't know. You've come a long way. I mean, I, it, it's been, you know, I, I got to give a uh, presentation here for long and it's, uh, the, uh, what is it? The, uh, so that's your stuff. That's evolution. Your, yeah. That's your, there you go. Out. There you go. That's whenever it gets to be work. <laughs> whenever kidding. I go to work and I carry all that, that's work. You got thousands of dollars just in cases. Yes. Many thousands. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just, oh, yeah, and just in cases. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. Yeah, those, those, uh, uh, those pelicans there. They're not cheap. Yeah. No, they're not cheap. I have found though that if you can go to what is it, uh, not tractor supply, but uh, it's one of those um, where you can buy tools and everything, and that's in Lubbock, and and they Harbor sell Freight. The Harbor Freight. Go to that that green one. Yeah. Like sixty bucks at oh, Harbor Freight. Yes, that's crazy because Harbor Freight sells shit usually. Let if me you want to buy something that's going to break, I buy you go those to Harbor things Freight. like crazy now. I that, didn't. I did green most right of the stuff they sell. If they if Tony is, used to be king of Harbor Freight, yeah. I'm like listen, go to Tractor Supply and buy the real thing that's yeah. not going to break because yeah. Harbor Freight stuff breaks a lot. I don't think it's Harbor Freight. It's over on Eighty Second, and it's another one. Uh, uh, uh something tools. Uh. Osborne? Northern Tools. Northern Tools. Northern, Northern Tools. tools. Herders. Northern Tools. Northern that's, tools. Yeah. that's where I got that. Yeah. Yeah. And I go in there and they've got they've got little bitty ones. I've got bought two the other day for my calls, coyote calls. And I'll buy a medium size and I'll buy a big one. You know, and the big ones are like a hundred bucks, whereas a pelican's gonna be three hundred. Shoot, yeah. I love them. Har yeah. Northern Tools. That's Northern a Tools. Herders decoys. That's who that was Northern uh that they owned herders too for yeah. a long time. Oh, really? Yep. Um let's what, talk let's talk about the book. Because okay. yeah, he's got to get I mean, out of here. You got to yeah. go show a ranch. Yeah, let's yeah. Uh, let's talk about it. You've got some. Okay. Uh, they're book. You got some book. I got some bookmarkers in here. Yeah, uh, just some interesting points. Uh, you know, we we tried to start each chapter with a quote, uh -huh. either from my journal or from someone's journal. And on this particular uh, journal entry, which is actually uh, in chapter. Chapter one, and it's uh, four mule or five mule deer, and I quoted the uh, Marcy expedition of 1854, and where he said it is not always consistent with safety to use the bleat of a white in a wild country, as sometimes a panther or a bear may be attracted by the sound, 
and unless the hunter has his wits about him, he may suffer for his sport. And they learned that they were up hunting for the headwaters of the Red River, and his Indian guide was trying to call up an antelope with mm-hmm. the bleat right. of a young antelope that he had some sort of little call he'd made. And uh, they call up a lion that almost ran over him. They said he shot him at the last moment. Oh, my goodness. But what uh, what makes this, you know, there's lots of books on hunting and everything, but what I'm really proud of with this particular book is it has a lot of, of data from research right. that right. actually gives scientific facts. Mm-hmm. And one of them is my food habit study, and it is over, uh, like on page... Uh, Got my dad gun glasses off here, 90, uh, 93 and 94. And it's the results of my food habit study from 1971 to 73. And really the only thing you have to add to it today is wild hogs. Mm, right. Because they right. do prey heavily on wild hogs. And then, uh, then there's the seasonal food diversity, food niche diversity from 71 to 73. And it shows what months that they eat most like rodents more in one month than the, than, than the next. When the autumn season starts, they eat more vegetative cedar berries almost exclusively. And then you gather that just by just by observing? No, actually from research, from oh, okay. researching. Okay. Uh, that was published in the Journal of Range Management. Right. And then over on page uh, 120, I got response time of animals, bobcats, fox, and coyotes. I have the uh, the des- one of the designers, uh, uh David um, figured out these little stopwatches, which was kind of when it catches yeah. your eye. What is that a coyote right there? No, it's a fox. It's a fox. Yeah. And then I've got some old historical photographs of me in the early years doing my research. Here I am, my Bronco U13, and I'm sta- uh, on my knees next to a coyote den. And then I've got a coyote with his mouth tethered that I'm fixing to put a tag in his ear and release him. Was he pissed? How oh, pissed yeah. was he? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's angry. Do they stink? Uh-oh. No, not really. They don't smell bad no, at not all? Not unless they've been eating on, on carrion. So like a deer or something. Yeah, kind of like a deer. Are those two pups? Uh, yeah, those are two little pups in the summertime. Actually, in 2011, they come to the water hole, and I photographed them drinking water. Oh, that was that pond you took picture of every day? Yeah, every day. It was 100 and, 112 degrees when I'd get in that. Most that depressing was, pictures oh. I'd see was watch your deal. That pond, it died that summer, yes. and everything around and that's it, it, it was dying. Yep. That was it. And then uh, on page... Uh, 148 and 149 it shows me at a stand doing a, making a call with my camera and note that I have a lot of backstop behind me and that's because one time I was jumped on by a bobcat from yeah, behind you've told us about and so that. now I don't trust them <laughs> and I've actually been rushed about eight times by bobcats that really was a kind of a testy moment and then uh, over on page 170 171 you have the gender for 20 years of uh, uh, how the uh, the gender ratio goes on bobcats and coyotes. And I have 963 coyotes, 48% of them were females, and 52% of them were males. Really? So it's almost 50-50. On bobcats now, it's way more females, 64 versus 36. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Just more, uh, uh, more aggressive? They, they, the male is more a little more aggressive. Right. Comes to the call. And... Uh, now is that is that the the picture that you have of the two coyotes uh, going back a couple pages? Is that common to see out there, or oh, yeah. most of the time it's just one? Pack, no, no, one, no. It's, one it's pretty pretty common to see to call in a couple at a time, especially in February. And then uh, you have on page uh, one seventy eight. It looks like 
you have uh, multiple animals. You have sa- uh, stands and sightings per season from 2017 to 2022. And it goes from, uh, uh, let's see, 77% of the stands produce single predators, 23 produce multiple. That came so to the call. about a quarter of the time you're going to get. About a quarter of the time you're going to get multiple multi- animals in. And what about bobcats? Do you ever bobcats get multiple? Generally, no, no, almost exclusively one. One. Yeah. Sometimes I've called in two, but usually it's one. And then I love this this last uh, picture of a coyote on 193, and I took a quote from Aldo Leopold, and it says, "Harmony with land is like harmony with a friend. You cannot cherish his right hand and cut off his left. That is to say, you cannot love game and hate predators." The land is one organism. It's very true. How uh, how how strenuous was it to find the right quote for the right chapter? I mean, oh well, the or did you kind of have quotes these were, were my own that I took out of my journals over the last forty five years? Right, right. But the Aldo Leopold, I just turned, I just went one day. I wonder what Aldo Leopold has to say. Mm-hmm. So I just looked up some Aldo Leopold stuff. Started looking yeah. there, and then you just found the right found spot, the perfect to, one. To put it in there. And there was one here, and I don't know which page it's on, and it says when you look into the eyes of a wolf, you end, you look into the, and into your own soul. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. it shows a coyote just staring right just into staring the camera. Right at you. <laughs> only, as only a coyote can. And a wolf and a coyote, you know, they're different, but they both have that stare they, to them. Yeah. They still have yeah. that. Uh, listen, don't don't get too far out of line. Don't right. don't forget your place in this ecosystem. Right, right. Because yeah, you're in their world. You bet. I'm I'm sad that this is the the last one. I say it is. Selinda said it's not. Uh, <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with Selinda. You'll There's always no way. have that call <laughs> to do something. But you know, you know, things don't always go perfect. Like like for instance, on the last page, and nobody cares about this. I might add on the on the end sheets. These uh, these notes that are on the end sheets of the, on the front and back, those are notes dating back to the 1970s. Some wow. of my first really significant notes on calling. Mm-hmm. But on the uh, on the last page, I did a page just to give a a nod to the to the camera gear. But bef- uh, when we f- when I initially made this list, that was before we changed a couple of pictures around and it <laughs> screwed up some of my. The uh, oh, pairing up cameras right. with images, so I'm going to have to put an addendum to every book now that I've sold, hundred uh, like 100 and, I mean, 14, 1,500 books. I'm going to send an addendum out to everybody. <laughs> put this in your book. You may not even care anything about the camera gear, but this is but what's really right, and on the next printing, we're going to make it correct. And it's something that just irritates the hell out of it you. It irritates sure. me to no end. Because I'm telling you, putting a book together is work. Yeah, I mean, look, it is this hard is... work. We had two guys that were doing the editing. One major guy, who was who was really the editor, and then I had one that was uh, helping with some of the illustrations, and uh, and then we had uh, or the the designer, and then the then you had your editor, and then I had to you know, Selena and I had to go through and reread it and try to catch some mistakes. And I mean, it went on and on and on. It's like forever. What about doing an autobiography? Oh, I don't know. You know, I just don't like to sit down and write that much. Right. Have someone else <clears throat> do the writing. You tell yeah, them. Yeah, but then that's not. You're you're very talented, and you're cheating the yeah. world if you don't do another book or two or five. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. Man, I mean, that's a little selfish. Come on, isn't Jeff. It? Give me a break. I, well, I've noticed by listening to you over the years, and I've known you a long time, I can tell you're ready to retire. 
But I don't think you're ready to retire on the fact that you don't, you're a project guy. Yeah, well, I am. I cannot, I cannot sit still. Every day that passes, I don't care if I go out to my shop and work on some little a call, the mouthpiece of a call. I have to go to bed that night thinking that I've achieved something. So what would you to. do if you retired? You would, you would. Oh no, no, I won't. I won't retire. So you got to find. So why not do another book? But but I can take my guns out and I can go shoot every day. Yeah. <laughs> I can go fly. This right. this one on page one sixty five. Did this coyote? Did she figure out the gig was up? And that's oh yeah, what that is. That's the sequence. That's she, it. She's she's coming at me hard on the left. She says, "Oh shit!" on the right <laughs> top one, and on the bottom one, she's she's cleaning the house, and leaving. And she fly- put the brakes on. Oh yeah. And that's the whole purpose. You of that. fly a lot now, don't you? Well, I fly. I try to fly a couple, two or three times a month. I worry about you in that plane. Why? Because it looks like a tractor with wheels on it, and it just scares me because it's a little plane. Well, that that plane is a go getter. Well, I understand you're going to say that, but I've I it have, is. Somebody told me they saw you land on a field somewhere. Up oh here yeah, one day. I land on fields all the time. Uh-huh. I landed. Uh, took my granddaughter up day before yesterday, and we landed in twice in in fields. But I told somebody, I said, it scares me to death that they're going to come on that scanner. we got a plane crash. I'm going to think more about Wyman in that plane. Well, you know, if it does, it does. You go the way you want to go, right? That's right. Look at that right. one. That's, like that's, the, that's the picture I like. Yeah, well, he he he's so old, his ears are worn off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is not. Little dog's got some stories. It ain't yeah. an easy life out there. That's right. And I tell you, there's one in there of a bobcat. And I couldn't see him at first. My wife spotted him. And we were down by Breckenridge, and I was shooting some stuff for a ranch uh, for something they were doing. And I was calling, and she whispered to me. She said, look, right in front of us, right in front of us. And it was like probably seven, eight feet away. And I looked in this bush, and I kept staring. And then all of a sudden, I could see one eye. No, no, not that one. Even that one's hard to see. That one's tough to see. But I'll see if I can find it here. And I I could see this, this one eye, and I'm going, I see him. And so, and I couldn't focus, autofocus on him because he had focused on all the bushes. Right. So I had to manual focus. And you could see one eye, one ear, and you could see he almost had a snarl on his face. You could see his tooth, one tooth, one canine. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just backed up and disappeared. What's crazy is I, you know, I, my dog, you know, he's a house dog six months out of the year, nine months out of the year. But, like, these animals are running through, like, there's stickers and cactus oh, yeah. and, I mean, prickly pears. And but I'll tell you what just... they won't run through is grass burrs. They won't do that. No. I have sat on the other side of a big sea of grass burrs, and a coyote will sit down on the other side and will not come through. That's crazy. They're smart. They, will not, come, they will not come through grass Hell, burrs. Hell, I don't want to walk through them either. How, either. how often would you get your, how often would you see a scene like this where the two dogs are fighting uh, each other? You know, you'll see it maybe once a year. Right. Uh, where they, they don't actually fight because that alpha, it pretty well pushes that other one back. He does. Now, I called one up in 2021, two of them up, and both of them were alphas. Oh. And one come in, had his mouth wide open, and that other one bowed up and just said, hey, kiss my butt. <laughs> and that one with his mouth open closed his mouth, and finally he just stood there and <laughs> stared at me, and both of them did. They just kind of made peace. Yeah. <laughs> So, but, well, well, but will this? Will he run one, one totally leads. out of oh, the? Yeah. That and turns totally him, out of the. He just turns scenario. and trots off. That's it. I'll go turns find somewhere trots. else. Yep. What do you think about these people that have made pets out of coyotes? Oh, you know, I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, I don't like them to be uh, caged up. I think it's cruel. But what about the ones that are like run free in the house? Oh, I think it's fine. Yeah, I just can't imagine a coyote as a good pet. When the, when you turn oh, this when you turn this coyote loose, did he turn and run or did he oh, like his whole butt? He would. So he didn't. Yeah. He didn't want to fight you. I at just all. grabbed him by the back of the. I just had him by the mouth with my left hand and had him by their belly 
and I just pitch them out, and they'll hit the ground and just take off running. How did you get this? How did you get into this position to where you could uh, control this animal? You uh, throw a throw a a, a piece of tarp, say a four feet long, and two feet wide, and you just throw it over their head. That's it. And now some but of them still, bite. Some of them will, will fight you. How do you tie the thing around his mouth? Well, you grab him by the back of the neck. Whenever you got the tarp on him, you grab him by the back of the neck through that tarp, and then you just slide your hand up over his mouth and, and just hold. But some of them start fighting. <laughs> that does not sound like a recipe to not get your some hand of them, bit. Some of them will start fighting you. Do you wear gloves when you're doing this? No, no, because gloves just get you in a bind. God, God almighty. Uh, Have you not ever seen the movie where the guy gets the rabies? I think it's the movie they filmed at the Four Sixes, wasn't it? The oh, old cowboy movie? yeah, I saw that. They wanted. They actually come down to the, to Batch Camp to ask my opinion about trapping because I'd see people's tracks down there. Mm-hmm. Finally, I asked Bob Morris. I said, who's coming down to my house every day? He said, oh, it's those movie people that's going to do that movie with Roy, with Roy Rogers, mm-hmm. and they want to ask you some things. That was and, his last movie, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. When, oh, here it is. Here it is right here. It's on page. It is on page. Uh, I can't get over putting your hand on that coyote's mouth like that. 134 and 135, I believe. Yes. That right there. Oh, I Actually, I saw the ear. See how the ear shines? Uh-huh. That's what, that's what I, I zeroed in on is that ear. Oh, was that one ear? That one ear. Is what you got. And and he was just he just sat there, never moved a muscle, never bat his eyes, for like five minutes. And mm-hmm. I took pictures, and then he just just backed up and disappeared. And it's crazy how they'll disappear, they'll move, and then you just don't see them anymore. That's right. Like you don't ever really see them move. You just know that I don't see them anymore. Right, right. And Bobcat is a master at that. Yeah, it's just. Well, it's I don't just see. Amazing. I, I this this winter, I spend a lot of time back roads, a lot. Yeah. And I can remember one day I saw a bobcat this year. I used to see bobcats yeah. all the time. Well, that year that I caught uh, that 103 in uh, 59 days, I never saw a cat. But they're there. They're you there. know they're there. I but... just knew they were there. I, I could. You drive down the road and you go, I know there's a cat here. You I... get to where you just go, this is a cat run. I know I'm going to set a trap here and I'm going to catch you. Right. And most of the time you're right. I just don't see cats on the roads like I used to. No, you to. don't. You don't. That Ross Ranch area, is that a whole lot of cats back there? Yep. That's where I caught a whole bunch of cats. A lot of rocks and stuff back that's, in there. That's good cat country. We Tony saw Tony took a picture of two oddads right here by the lodge yesterday. Really? Right they on the wheat field. Somewhere. I'll be darned. Well, I don't think they get out. They're just starting to run this area. There's mm-hmm. more and more they of them. They need to get rid of them because they they uh, compete with whitetails and water holes and such. Really? Yeah. They, there was two just yesterday took a picture right up here on the bush. To me, they're nothing but trash animals. This bobcat looks like he would weigh. He he looks like he'd be. Yeah, I think I weighed heavy. him. He weighed, I think, twenty two pounds. Oh, okay. Well, I thought yeah. he'd weigh more. Yeah, he's a big male. Yeah, big. that sucker eat your arm off, Andy. Hell yeah, yeah, he will. Um, I know you got to get out of here. There was one last question about the. Oh, somebody tagged you in it about the coyote. How far had it gone? It was on Facebook. Not oh, so seventy miles. Oh yeah, yeah. I had I had one when I I hundred miles. Was it that far? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I, uh, no, I think it was 70. I think it was. No, no, no. I think it might have been 100 miles. Yeah, I, I tagged 169 uh, coyotes, and one of them traveled from over near Rhineland to Paducah. It's a long ride. That's a long yeah. way. Yeah. It, what are they looking for? Are they looking for mates? Or I they imagine looking they're for just food? getting the hell out of Dodge Really? after, after having tags stuck in your ear. <laughs> most of them, most of them will stay within that region. Uh, 
They have a nine square mile home range. That's what we found out through the research. Nine square miles. Nine square miles, three by three. So this coyote that went the 70 miles or whatever, I mean, is he just, did resources run dry wherever he was? Just to your best guess. I think I That's think a long he, way to get I think he out. just spooked. Oh really? And he just said, I, think I gotta he just go. hauled butt. I yep. gotta go until I can't go. Yep. Huh. Yep. It's fascinating stuff. Um, I know you gotta get out of here. You gotta go show a ranch. Listen, it's been a pleasure as always hey, talking to you. Uh, we've gone you guys we've gone well me. over two hours here. We're this summer we're gonna get you on again <clears throat> so we can talk okay. more Indian history. Just whatever. Hell okay. I love having you on here. Um bet. The Art of Predator Calling. Where can people, a portrait in tradition, where can they go get it? Uh, com, And, uh, oh, my word, I didn't write that down. Uh, <laughs> oh, my word. It's com, and go to, uh, oh, I should have got that from Selinda. Here, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Why, uh, official store. Yes, official store. That's yeah, when you know right you're there. somebody when you got your own name dot com. Well, <laughs> there it is right there. For everybody, Wymanmenzer right yeah. and then just go to online yep. store and, and you can you can order first, it right there. The very first book. Listen, yeah. it's I'm, it's sold. It's been selling like crazy all over the United States. I think there's been good. four states it hadn't sold in. That's that's what states testament. haven't sold them. I, I don't keep Selinda keeps up with that. I don't. Hawaii. It, Hawaii's one of them. Yeah, because they're always one of yeah. our lowest ones. Yeah. Hawaii, Rhode Island. Uh, what are our other two states that are always there's there's four or five states that are low on it? I sent I one just recently, I think, to maybe Massachusetts or somewhere. We got an order yesterday from some odd state, you know, that's some way out there. This California, thing, New York. California is one there. of our biggest download states we have is California. And New California. York. Yeah. A lot of New York ones too. I'm sure it was upstate New York, you know, we're beautiful place. Yeah. Even this in Niagara thing, Falls. It's, it's a work no. of art. Beautiful. It really you, is. Well, thank you. Thank I mean, you. I, and I and I that's what I wanted it to be. I didn't want it to be a this is how you kill things. It's right. just this is how you call things. Everybody I know that's read this book has done nothing but brag about it. That's Everyone. great. Wonderful. Wonderful. Because it's I started it 53 years ago. Yeah. Yep. Sure. That is your biography kind of. That It is sort of my biography in a way. I started in 1969 in the dormitory room. <laughs> wrote 10 pages and decided I needed more experience. And 53 years later, here it is. Well, good. It's a, it is a work of art. Yeah. I highly recommend anybody. I can't wait to thumb through this uh, even more. Wyman, it's been a pleasure. Thanks and, for having me, guys. Um, if you go to Arizona, be careful. Yep. I will, but it should be should be some pretty country. I hear that ranch is real pretty. That's I know the I've never I've been the Grand Canyon. It's it's a work of art. I yeah. was I walked in. I said, yeah, it's a big hole. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to yeah. take that train from Williams through the Grand Canyon. I think that train ride. Oh, I bet it'd be neat. awesome. Yeah. Well, anyways, we appreciate being on here. Good Thank luck you. and God bless you. Everybody that's listening to this, this weekend, me and Andy will be in Knoxville, Tennessee at the Bassmaster Classic at the Onum booth with Boss Shot Shells. Come by and see us. You can get Andy's autograph, Michelle's autograph, and you can just see me looking good in the boots. So, anyways, go. come by and see us. Eye candy. That's what we call Jeff, the eye candy yep. around here. So. Yep. The <laughs> milk dud. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Go check out our sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. Go check out uh, Boss Shot Shells, Dive Bomb Industries, Pacific Calls, Gundog Outdoors, Shin Gear, uh, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass Podcast, Hunt Proof App, Alpha Outdoor Specialty, Bangtail Whiskey, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, Mossberg, Dirty Duck Coffee, Ducks Unlimited, Double T Bridge.